Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the author of the Stormlight Archives, Jay. Doing as always is my co-host, one of the most successful Kickstarters in history, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm just fine. That's good. Not by one of the most successful. It is now the most successful. But we'll get into that later. You gotta get closer. You were far too far away. A little surprise too. It'll help us. <laughs> yes, it will. A little hint at things to come. Like like foreshadowing. Like Chekhov's gun. It's Chekhov's intro. It is. So today, Jack. Fresh off. Very fresh to our minds. It's been, it's been nearly an hour. Since we've sat we, through the Batman. We descended into the deep, dark lair of the Batman. Didn't we? we did. And we've come... We've, we've, I mean, what a, what a startling... What a startling exploration of the human psyche. Hmm? Yeah, they just did Batman again. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Jack, no. <laughs> No, no, they just did it Batman again. No, we can't start like this. No, no, I'm starting like this. No. One of us has to. Well, it, it was a Batman movie, wasn't it? So they just did Batman. Well, they all... Well, 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 they <laughs> well yeah, that's that's my point. <laughs> like we said with Dune, they're not breaking new ground here. You're just digging at this point. No, they're not. But that's okay. So, Jack, let, I figured start off with a couple large summations here, okay? What, what do we think about Batman as a guy in this one and all his various... So we got Batman, right? Robert Pattinson. How, how do we think? I think he did well. I like. I think he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, I think. He, and, uh, I think he kind of Batman. He was going for. He did well. Like he, as much as I was like, oh, Batman again. At least he, he, he like had a Batman, and it was consistent, and it was just that's what you really want. It's just consistent characterization through the movie, and he had a pretty good arc that made sense. And at the end, yeah, I agree. he was uh, a different person, which is always yeah. what you want at the end of the movie. I, I also agree. I, I feel like I, don't, I Batman doesn't usually have. This much of an arc, I feel, most of the time, eh? Right. Do you agree? Like, there's that kind of truism, right? That, like, Batman movies are rarely about Batman. Batman? They're about villains. This one was very much about Batman, and he, he definitely had, like, an actual arc. Slash out, which is nice. It's good to see. Yeah, I think he did good. I, I, I totally agree. He was definitely consistent, and, like, kind of something a little different. Like, I like that whole, f- his, uh, it was clearly, like, his little demo there where, he would he would like walk in from the shadows, but like very audible. He isn't necessarily like a sneak up on you, just like oh, turn around all of a sudden behind you, right? He does this thing where he like he wants you to hear him coming, yeah, which is neat to build well. the fear inside you. Yeah, that's kind of cool. He just walks. He's not. He's just walking. <laughs> Got some boots on. You can hear him. <laughs> that, I thought that was kind of a nice little detail. They obviously used that a couple times. Um, I will say, I do not. I was not super impressed by his portrayal of Bruce Wayne. No, no, me neither. I always like the idea that. And they, they obviously directly reference this movie. The idea that Batman is the real Bruce Wayne. Like, that's who he is. And so, being, when he has to do Bruce Wayne stuff, right? That's the act, right? I, I like all that, and I do get it. But in that way, I, I enjoy when he really is doing it up. As Bruce Wayne, like, he is portraying a character that he knows that people expect of him, right? Like, I think the Nolan movies did this really well, but at the Dark Knight, or not Batman Begins in particular, where he's, like, portraying himself as this, like, goofy playboy. He's always drunk, and he's like he's like falling asleep at board meetings and stuff. I think that's kind of cool. But and this one, he just kind of was still very very intense as Bruce Wayne. And he's just brooding. But like you think that's not what you want. I don't know. I mean, it feels like it might help people to catch on sooner or later. Yeah. When like especially when he's interacting with the same people, right? Like your penguins and your falcons and even Gordon and this. You think Gordon? Like, this guy's brooding. Mm-hmm. This guy's brooding a lot like Batman's brooding. He stares into my eyes. It feels the same. Boring into my soul. His voice, he does do a different voice, though, which I did Yeah, his, yeah his voice definitely. always adds to it. Yeah, definitely. Take it down. I think, what do you, that's, that's another thing. 
he didn't do too much of it. Yeah, because it, it can. I like Christian Bale because I've seen in The Dark Knight, but the that's become sort of like a joke. Just the it really the is. gruffy I'm Batman. I'm Batman. It's ridiculous. It really is, especially they committed to it through three movies. And like, yeah, the one like the one that the ones that always stand out to me is when he's just having a relatively normal conversation. Like it's one thing when he's trying to intimidate criminals or he's interrogating the Joker or some shit, right? And there's like the part at like the end of the Dark Knight uh, Rises when he's trying to intimate to Gordon that he is Bruce Wayne, and he's like giving him the clue. And he's, he's telling him about how like how much it meant to him that on the night his parents died, Gordon comforted him and like gave him a jacket or something and, and let him know that like things would be all right. But he's doing it in his voice, and it's just like that sounds, that sounds so weird. You know, it takes out of it. It's like wicked, safe in the city could be anything, <laughs> even even comforting a little boy and letting him know that the world isn't over. You, you, can, you can do another accent. You can tone it down just a second. And then um, in the, the Ben Affleck one, right? He's just got like an automated modulator. Which makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you just have that if you are worried about it? Because he he's big in attack. Because you wouldn't have to... Because yeah. you, if you just did a voice on your own, you'd definitely unconsciously switch in and out and slip up a couple times. I mean, because he's Batman. It's so just a lot less effort. Yeah. Just have a modulator, isn't it? And like, maybe it would fail. But then, you know, then you can... You just stop talking. Yeah, or you can do some voice or whatever as a backup, or like. But it definitely wasn't overbearing. So I think it was fine. He most he didn't do too much change, which I think is makes sense. Like, would you really be doing this, this crazy like over the top voice? No, probably not. Like it's kind of like the Superman thing. Of like again, especially depending on how he portrays Bruce Wayne, like no one should even begin to suspect. Like the reason, how, like oh, how come, how come it's just a pair of glasses? Like how can no one suspect? Because like the way he. Acts when he's Clark Kent, like erases all doubt. Yeah, he's like stands differently. He's yeah, he's no clumsy. One, no one would even suspect it just because they look vaguely similar. Sorry, right. that's the point. What else? What do we think of the Batcave? The Batcave was interesting. It was one of those more realistic ones, where it's just like in a hangar, kind of underground. I didn't care for it. You weren't a fan. It is fine, but yeah, I don't. I don't find that as interesting. Just being like a. Uh, I guess so. It was still directly under the manor, clearly. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess it's, they're trying something new, which I do appreciate. Where he's in the city. Yeah, it's in the heart of the city, it seems like the tower is. And he lives in the tower more so than, like, a manor caught on, like, the outskirts. Which, that's definitely an interesting way to do it. So I can appreciate that. And so, you know, to make that work, his back cave is in this, like, subway terminal kind of thing underneath it. Which, it definitely works. And, like, it also is cool in the sense that, obviously, if he exits the, his back cave, he's right out into the city. Which makes a lot of sense, because it's, like, if his, yeah, if his... If the manor in the Batcave is like miles outside of the city, or he's got to commute all the way there. So that I do think that kind of works, but I do think it's less interesting to just be subway terminal, maybe. I don't know. But he's still got the bats and everything. I mean, it, it, it does what it has. Yeah, it's the job. It gives him the best of both worlds as mm-hmm. much as it can. And then, so then let's do the manor as well. I thought the manor was a little over the top. It looked like Hogwarts. I said to you. Yeah, it looked like a like a, a church cathedral. Yeah, like a gothic cathedral of some kind. Like it, it, it's extremely. Like, no one would live in there. No. Maybe it was. Maybe that's literally what we're meant to understand, but it's like, I kind of picture, I always pictured it as like his, either his father or like, you know, whatever. Well, I guess it's supposed to be like their ancestral home, maybe. So I guess that's usually what we mean. So maybe, maybe it is old as hell. Yeah. It can't be that old. And it's in a tall skyscraper. Yeah. So, they, yeah. So, they probably built in the 20s or something. <laughs> yeah. Made it look ridiculous. But, whatever. I mean, do something with it, you know? The Batmobile. So, we, we were talking about this earlier. Right? The Batmobile. It, so this movie, there was like rumors for the longest time that this was going to be some kind of period piece in the seventies or eighties or something, even like the nineties. But it, it's just modern day, obviously, right? Um, it's kind of got that thing going on where, 
a lot of adaptations do try to do, which is make Gotham a sort of timeless city on purpose. So that 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 does work, right? Mm-hmm. But his Batmobile is like a it's like a seventies looking muscle car. Yeah, which I don't personally know how I feel about. It seems too. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of. Uh, it, I mean, it was literally bare. It just had like the front part of the body, and then like the engine was exposed. There's not a lot of room for like style or design just kind of like the front part where he sits and the back part where the engine sits so it just looks like a car kind of yeah like obviously the uh the tumbler from the Nolan movies isn't your classic batmobile at all right and it also doesn't have a lot of bat accoutrements on it right there's no symbols in no sense but it's like a it's a very distinct vehicle because it's a military tank truck thing right mm-hmm. but then this one kind of just looks like a car really like so that's a it's just a little boring i don't know Especially, like, when, so when you see the movement, that's one thing, because you've got the fire shooting out and all that, so it's fine. But I feel like when you see some of, like, the models you can get, and, like, even the Lego set, there's, like, there's, like a Lego set, and it's, like, the bigger Technic you can get of it. It just looks like a muscle car. It's just kind of boring. But, I mean, it did well. They only really used it mostly for the one scene, right? Yeah, just the, the chase they needed for, which, which is, I think is fine, because he's got yeah. that, the motorcycle is much more practical in the city because yeah, as you see with the back cave he can go down the stairs and down alleys and stuff that car can't go anywhere except for like roads yeah the motorcycle's cool and that ha- that does seem to have like a, a it, bat kind of thing that's what i was noticing at the end i'm like does he have little bat ears yeah. like his cowl does yeah cowl does so that, that's that's cool oh that works i think yeah the, the motorcycle's cool the motorcycle's cool because then you can drive along cowl in this one although some people i know like classically a lot of the times robin will have like a little motorcycle all the batman's in the battlefield so if they're both on motorcycles, there's no distinction there, is it? Remember Robin will get like like um, a Segway. <laughs> even smaller. Just even smaller. He's, he's on a moped. So yeah. He be looked diminutive next to the... I don't know. I guess he didn't do a ton of gadgetry, did he? No, he had his grappling hook that he used a lot, which was that's cool. Good. That's always good. Yeah, that's the big problem. He had his knife in his chest. Which a lot of people thought was like he melted down the gun that killed his parents and made the symbol. I never got that. But I it's just a knife, which yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's just sense. a thing. Like, when, people, when it was first reviewed, people were like, oh, it's, it's gun parts. I'm like, but what? Guns don't look like that, frankly. Yeah. And I always thought that was Why does it have sharp that? edges? Yeah, I don't know why any, I don't know why people, so many people, like, immediately jumped to that. Like, ah, oh, it's gun parts. Because I just, I just never saw it. Yeah, it just seems like a battering. Because he doesn't use any other individual batterings. No. Um, it seems like he's just kind of got that one used. Which, that's a little disappointing. Batterings are pretty classic. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows about the batterings. And uh, I think the only, like, gadget he uses... Is his little adrenaline shot and the little smoke yeah. bomb? Well, there's a little drug, or no? It's like a little grenade that he attaches. To oh, right. Yeah, but yeah, that thing. Uh, well, no. So he's got the wingsuit. Oh, right. He does the wingsuit. I thought that's kind of interesting. So that's like a more. I guess that's a that's quite a grounded interpretation of his gliding thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like in the Dark Knight, they try to do whatever the normal ones, right? They try to do the whole like it's this fiber that like you run a current through it and become rigid and all. That's how they try to explain that he can around. This one is just a wingsuit. Now, it's kind of crazy. Like, where does he come from? He just, like, yeah. pulls a cord and suddenly he's... In, it's, like, enveloping him. Yeah, I don't know where that... It seems like maybe it's in the cape or something. I think it... Because when he... When he hits that train at yeah, full speed... Yeah, when he's done, the cape's gone. Gone. So I think it's part... The cape is part so, of it. But that's kind of cool. Like, it's just a wingsuit. He doesn't... It's not super usable in the same way that you can just jump from rooftop to rooftop. It's kind of a one-use sort of thing. Yeah. That is kind of... He's got a flare on him. <laughs> well, that's just... Yeah, that's not really a gadget. Is that what is on his arms there, you think? Because he's got, like... So he's got the, the classic, like, blade, spike things. Mm-hmm. But then he's got these, like, yeah, cylinders. 
I think that's for the electrocution thing he's doing. Oh, that's right. He did have like a shock because he was doing. He's hitting him in the neck, so I think that's just to conduct electricity to shock people. And it looked at one point like he was going to stab somebody. The blade popped out the front almost. Yeah, like when he was in the, the iceberg. iceberg. So I don't know. Maybe overall, I would say a little lighter on gadgets overall. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would probably be a little more interesting if every Batman movie ever wasn't trying to do like a more grounded, gritty Batman. Like it's yeah. just not it's just not really exceptional at this point to be like, Oh, they're doing Batman, but they're kinda doing him grounded things. That's every Batman. That's the last one they try to do. They're just trying to up up each other. They're <laughs> trying to be more fucking grounded than the last guy. Next one it's just he, they're just gonna do like that daredevil costume where he's just wearing just like a black shirt and just a, like a bag over his eyes. That's where that's where it just says Batman on the front. Just says Batman. I think it's about it. So let's get into like the overall cast. We talked about Batman. Let's do so like Alfred. I think he was good. I think he was good. He had a smaller role than I thought he would, honestly. I agree. He wasn't doing as much of, like, the guy in the chair stuff, like, supporting him directly, but no. he did it like does. So, I, I, I agree. I, I also expected a little more out of him. Especially because you can see and hear through the eye thing Yeah, the wears. contacts thing. So, yeah, be like, Alfred would just be there with him. Sort of like, gonna, yeah, basically, Alfred could have been doing the thing that he was doing, he was doing the whole time. I will say, I, he was just a more, a more uh, kind of classic Alfred than I was expecting. I thought maybe they were going to do something a little weirder with it because it was Andy Serkis. I feel like he's a little more, you're going to potentially be a little more like gruff, gruff and tumble kind of kind of guy than oh, the previous ones, more so maybe, right? Like, mm-hmm. But they didn't They didn't really leave too much in there. He just seemed kind of standard. But it's, I mean, it's fine. I definitely don't have any about him. I just, I feel like they kind of were like, builds his character arc and then just kind of drops it right at the end. Or not the arc, but like the story they were going for with him. Because constantly, Bruce Wayne's like, you're not my dad. Yeah. He didn't raise me. And But the whole point is that he did. And then at the end, when he's like, oh, you need a father. I couldn't have raised you right. Like, that's just, you're, you're painted by numbers. Like, all right, now Bruce Wayne says, no, you're my dad. I No, like, it's, you're my, but then he does. He looks at the bat signal and he leaves. And then we don't see Alfred again. That's, that's I would say that's just the implication. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you, you know, I was being mean. I was being mean before, but you did the best you could. Yeah, I, I, I thought I just thought he'd be a little more. I mean, he was definitely helping out in, like the code kind of stuff, but I I thought he would lean a little more into like the rough, like oh, I used to be a marine, you know, kind of side. Mm, yeah. Really come up. I mean, he did mention like I taught him how to fight or whatever. So I guess it was that over too. But yeah, overall he he just wasn't in it for a ton. Maybe. But no. we didn't we didn't get a yeah we didn't get a lot of the classic like support like like fix up your suit or I did this for you or let me stitch your stitch your clothes. He was he definitely was a little more like reluctant. Mm-hmm. It was more so the, like, you're going to get yourself killed, I don't want to be part of this kind of outfit, which, that also works. Yeah. So it depends on what kind of Batman story you're telling, to how Alfred kind of shakes out in those ways. So, who's that? then, probably Catwoman would be next, yeah. who has the most screen time. She's good. She was good, yeah, I liked it. She, I think she works with Catwoman. Huh? Yeah, I agree. It's good at fighting, she had a good little thing, where Bruce is like, hey, don't be, don't kill people. I know you're mad, don't. Vengeance is no good. And it's like, maybe Vengeance is not good for me either. Yeah, that was good. That was, that was good stuff. I like that she had a bunch of cats. I don't know if she usually has a, just has a little cat. That was fun. I thought she was going to, when she pulled that milk, I'm like, you're going to pour milk into a saucer for that cat? The cats don't drink milk no. like that. She just drank it. I thought that was very fun. She, like, she poured herself <laughs> a glass of milk. Well, talking to Batman. Yeah, because, like, I guess that's what she's about. Yeah. <laughs> she's a cat lady. That's why you taking it a bit far, but whatever. Did you see, apparently Zoe Kravitz said that to to, to prepare the train driver for her role, at one point she, she tried drinking milk out of a saucer like a cat. Why do actors do Ridiculous, this? Right? They gotta be lying. Yeah, well, 
Maybe make sure that's not a fake thing I saw. <laughs> Just that's, a lie. That's silly, right? Just like an actual lie. That is very silly. But I remember there was one, uh, Robert Pattinson, I remember in some interview recently, he was like, yeah, I just lie all the time in, like, it's interviews. I'll just lie. Like, I don't care. These, I, these are, I gotta make them fun for myself. If she was on, on Jimmy Fallon, she said that she wanted to make fun of her. That's gotta be that a way. bit. That's gotta be a bit. It probably is. Like how Lady Gaga was like, I wrote an 80-page essay about this woman for House of Gucci. It's like, no, you didn't, Lady Gaga. Like, don't. 80 is so long. That's too long. Thesis. Yeah, you wrote a you wrote double. A thesis like forty pages. You wrote two thesis worth of uh, about a woman who killed her husband. There's not that much to write. Just read the book that was written. Yeah, that's like halfway to the book, probably. Yeah, you probably just wrote the book. <laughs> yeah, I don't. She's not that kind of cat. Woman. She's not that crazy. Yeah, she's not Tig Tigra. What's that one? Yeah, from Marvel. Who's yeah. literally a cat woman? Yeah, right. She's she's just a thief. <laughs> so get on her. I, they had a good rapport. I think they had a good. I think they're relationship built in a believable way for the most part, right? And I think it paid off pretty well in the end. Like, that's the classic way that it's gone. Obviously, in recent years, they've, like, gone back and forth a million times, whether they're together or not. But usually, that's the that's the thing that breaks them up, right? He's like, well, I gotta stay in the city. The city. And she's like, well, I don't think it's gonna ever work. You're just gonna, You're gonna die trying. Yourself. Which is good. It's like, it's an interesting but believable reason to reason. not be together. For sure, because, like, you can have to see both sides of that. On the one hand, like, yeah, that's, this is what he's about. Like, you gotta try, right? But then maybe she's right. Like, there's no, it, it'll never really get at a, better. At a point, you're just you're doing nothing. You're just kind of running in place. And like, there's always that classic thing of why, why doesn't he like help poor people more? And shit? <laughs> yeah, use his billions of dollars. Like, and they literally they somewhat hang a hang a lampshade on this one, but I don't know if it really they do enough with it to really just get past that. She just it's just there's that conversation with the mayor where she just kind of brings it up. It's never really paid Address. much more after that, so I don't know. Because you do just wonder sometimes. Does he just enjoy it a lot? Like, and this one definitely got into the idea of maybe these crazy people, which is like a, a long-running kind of Batman theme at this point, which is maybe these pe- crazy people come about because he does this. He set the stage. He decided to be a, a mass like vigilante maniac running around in a bat costume, clearing himself vengeance. <laughs> and he's the knight. He's, he's vengeance, he's the knight, and he's not job. Yeah. And like, they directly get into like, the Riddler was inspired by him. He's like, no, we're on the same side, I thought. Yeah, you're, you're running around exacting vigilante justice. I thought you'd, you'd be into what I was doing. Yeah, we're on the same side. We're, we're You're going to come into prison with me and we're going to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to hang out while the, while the people did a mass shooting. Wouldn't that be great? He's like, ooh, uh, maybe not a good thing. Commissioner Jordan? Georgian? Georgian? <laughs> Commissioner Georgia. He wasn't, actually, he wasn't commissioner. He was no, lieutenant. No, he was just lieutenant. He, his, his early days, kind of, Batman year two. They're definitely... They really drive that home. They say two years about 30 times. They have that notebook? Year, year two, two, October. Oh my gosh, he's reading Batman Year Two. Wow, wow, that's crazy. I thought he was great. We like Jeffrey Wright in the show. But Jack, I'm, I, I gotta say again, yeah. Batman fans have not been passing the vibe. Really? Mm-hmm. They've been racist? Yeah, Jack, they failed the <sighs> Don't Be Racist challenge. That's not hard to not fail. I know, right? You just gotta not be racist. It's, no, it's not hard. Why does it matter that he's... It doesn't matter. Well, it's both of them. Catwoman and him. They both get oh. catching the heat. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> Great heavens, fellas. Yep. You give you give us a bad name. I mean, it's obviously not everyone. There's a couple fellas out there not passing. They didn't. They failed. They failed to don't be racist. The, the easiest challenge <laughs> to, to not fail. Just don't be racist. Snyder don't say it. Just don't say it. New challenge for all the hardcore pro Snyder fans. Apparently, you're the biggest Batman fan. 
Oh no! You failed immediately. Oh, oh Christ! Oh, oh great heavens! But frankly, Jack, I gotta, I, I gotta throw in my two cents here, right? No, I, I also have problems with the casting as well. To be honest with you. Okay. Ready? I'm. I. I. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Zoe Kravitz, Jack. Even though she did a good job, she's got to go. Jack. She's got to go. She has to be because Jack. Oh uh, no! She. She's unfortunately must be a casualty in our undying crusade. A crusade against nepotism in oh, Hollywood, Jack. It has he to got her too. Zoe Kravitz. Of course. Damn. You hate to see it. What an unfortunate fate to befall. You just. It's too much. Jack, it's everywhere. It's a cancer. We need to burn it. <laughs> we are vengeance. We are the night. I gotta root it out. <laughs> we get, the element is always there, Jack. <laughs> the nepotism element. What's the second fold? The second one? It's with Robert Pattinson. Like we said earlier, he's good and all. And he is. He's a great actor. Jack. But yeah, he, frankly, I'm sick and tired, Jack. Of all these good these good roles. These good American roles <laughs> going to these blimey British fucks. Blimey. Right? I've had enough, Jack. Frankly, alright. Here's better or worse. Some of the great heroes of American cinema are superheroes, right? We've had them for years and years now, right? They're always they're always big draws. Batman, Superman, Spider Man, they're like some of the most popular characters in the period. I don't know what that thing's like recently, but I know for the longest time those three they were, they were top of the track. Right? Superman I no, Spider Man's number one, right? I think he's number one and then Batman and Superman. Yeah. That makes sense. Here's the thing, Jack. Tom the last two Spider Men, Brits. Right. <laughs> two out of the last three Batman, Brits. The last Superman, a Brit. I've had enough of it, Jack. I don't think it's fair, frankly. I don't think it's fair. That's really not. Jack, can you imagine the uproar and like? Can you imagine the chaos that ensued if the next James Bond was an American? They'd riot. They'd riot in the state. They'd burn Buckingham cows down. They'd guillotine the Queen. <laughs> well, that's not the worst thing in the world, is it? <laughs> but they, they wouldn't have it, Jack. If if, if it was just, they were like Timothy Chalamet's James Bond now, they'd. they'd I hope you, I'd watch Bond. that movie. I'd watch I, that Bond movie. Of course I would. Are you kidding me? I'd watch it. Maybe that'd be a good Bond movie for once. Mm. Slipped it in there, right? Slipped it oh. right in there. It's not as fun anymore. Uh, it's fun for me still. It's even <laughs> more fun for me. But um, yeah, I've just I've had enough. Jack. I've had enough of this nepotism. I've had enough of these Brits. Get them out of there. Get them out. Get them out. They're, they're well overrepresented in Hollywood. How is that? There's too many of them. There's like a tenth as many British people as there are Americans. They're like half of the actors. Half how do they? How do they work that out? Shakespeare. There's always reading Shakespeare. There's good actors. I guess that's true. But then, no, I was going to say, maybe they, 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 like, but they didn't originate acting. It was the Greeks. Right. Why aren't there more Greek actors? Because Greece is a not great <laughs> place economically at the moment. Maybe. I guess I guess you could say the Greeks and then the, then the British, they perfected it. But, uh, yeah. Jeff Wright was also great. Oh, let's do Riddler then. Paul Dano. He's fine. I, I think he's a little much at times, frankly. I think everyone since, uh, what's his face? People Ledger. Ledger has been trying to like chase Be that insane. high, like how how crazy over the top, and it's just a little much. Like I honestly just think he was trying a little too hard. At some point. Just like the heavy breathing and shit. Like what? Did, come on, like what are you doing? Mm. It almost edged on like comical. Very much. Or he's just, like, <laughs> just like he's just like, like ah, he's like yeah. yelling when he's talking to like get into a syllable. It's like well, that's that takes me out of it because I'm just like, why is he making all this noise? I wish he rhymed Frank. I wish he said, riddle me this. Riddle me this. He riddle didn't. That. The fucking Irish Joker did. Frankly, he needed a couple more riddles. So we talked about this right after as well. Now, I guess we could just get right into, like, the plot stuff now more so. But so, the first riddle, right? Opening real early on. He leaves this card with the cipher and this riddle. The riddle is, what does a politician, or what does a liar do when they're dead? They lie still. He lies still. Which I thought was it's a, it's good. I thought it was, like, because I, I obviously, like, it's, you know, 
kind of apparent that it was going to be some variation on Y. But I'm, you know, Y still. Good, good little double, double meaning there. So I thought it was cool. An entendre of sorts. But we talked about it. The way it works out is that there's this, like, big, it's the big paper with all the cipher on it or whatever. And then it turns out you don't actually need to decode anything because it's just the symbols that he provided were was the complete key. He's transferred over, and then it doesn't actually spell something with letters. It just like literally the symbols themselves write out. What does it say? Drive, drive. Which meant that you didn't actually need to solve the riddle to use the cipher to solve anything. So you didn't need. I mean, I guess it's like I, it's, I thought that was weird. Maybe it was to make it more confusing because then you think you would, but that's not. Yeah. It turned out, and again, maybe maybe now that I say that, maybe that is how they tried to do it. Is like he he did that on purpose to kind of throw them off a little, but it still was. It turned out you didn't need to actually solve the riddle. And then maybe the other thing is, like, the riddle wasn't that hard, right? Like, none of his riddles were that difficult, Difficult, were they? No. But then, I think overall, the, his general kind of, like, plot scheme going on there is, is, is pretty interesting, like, compelling time. Um, it was kind of that, like, I mean, it really only lasted a little bit on screen, a little back and forth of, like, wait, was my father evil, and it was who killed him and all that? Which, I think, is... I think the way they handled this one is pretty good. I don't know. I feel like they set it up and knock it down within, literally within a scene of each other. That's what I'm saying. It was. It did seem a little quick. It's like, wait, my dad was evil, and then he talks to Falcon, and Falcon was like, nah, it was, it was Maroni. And then he talks to Alfred, and Alfred's like, no, it probably was just Maroni. So, like, yeah, it's just, you're right, it's just rap, right? There's not a lot of time for that. To breathe. To, like, stew of, like, oh, gosh, maybe everything it was a lie. Because it, it is resolved. Call, right? It causes crusade into question. Maybe. Maybe he should. Maybe he should be calling that into question regardless. Yeah, yeah you know. But it's yeah. Batman, so he needs a little bit more than just common sense to get him in that. Yeah, we were... I think the way they did it was... I mean, assuming that you believe Alfred at his word, right? But I think that's an interesting way to take it. It's like, there's a, throw a little bit of gray area into Thomas Wayne's character, but ultimately they resolved it in a way that he... he still again, if you up. believe Alfred, he wasn't actually like... Because the, the Nolan films also kind of edge into that. I was like, did, what kind of relationship did he have with these these mob guys? Um, but it's not... They didn't go full like Joker with it, which I appreciate, because... Well, obviously, Batman isn't like totally reliant on Thomas Wayne as a character. It's a big part of it, and I always liked the idea that Thomas Wayne was actually a good guy. Like, raised him right. Yeah. Like, I, I always say, I really like the one from Batman Begins. It was like, Bruce, like, we have all this money, and we have to use it to help people. Like, that's the point. That's what we have here. And, like, especially, the, again, the Batman Begins in particular, I think, is great. And it's a little, I think it's a little more comic one, because I don't, I don't think the, they did the mayor thing in this one, they did the mayor thing in Joker. I don't think that's usually a thing he does. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know for sure. It seems like it's coming up a lot, so maybe it is. But I like the idea that he, that Thomas Wayne is this heir to a fortune, but he isn't the one who built it himself, right? He's, he's like an heir to Christ. And then he just becomes a doctor, like an actual, just medical doctor. Like that's a, And they, they do touch on that in this movie, right? That like, in a lot of the versions, he isn't running Wayne Enterprises even. He's like not even the CEO sometimes. He is just a practicing doctor because he thinks that he can help people better. Because, you know, if he lets Wayne Enterprises run on its own, and then he also can literally, like, directly be helping people. And I, th- I always thought that was, like, a really cool thing to do. Is that, like, you have a guy who could have done... He could have lazed about and done nothing his whole life, right? Mm-hmm. And he decided to become a doctor to directly help people. I, I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, but then they also do the stuff with his mom in this one, which I'm definitely not as familiar with. Yeah, I didn't know this about his mom. Uh, I just... Probably doesn't get... Why this? I guess why this stuff had to stop. You know, like it's just like an image thing because the what it says in the movie is just that his mom, no, his Bruce Wayne's mother, her mother, his grandmother, 
killed her her husband and then herself his mother martha went to like a uh, mental institution for a little bit in and out and then that was big enough that it would have upset his career i don't know what the big dirt is behind the family you know what i mean like i don't get that. i think it's just that stuff i think it's the stuff that all that, that all that stuff that the riddler lets out right he was going to let out that reporter was going to let out when batman was a boy and that stuff going on i think that's the idea and it would have sunk his I guess I just don't see, like, I guess it's just, like, a court of public opinion thing, because it's not like yeah. his family had slaves in the basement or something. Like, right. it, it doesn't seem like it's the, like, as big of a deal. Like, almost as if he, yeah. if he had ignored it, it probably would have not been that big of a deal, or would have run for mayor just another time. Yeah, but, yeah, like, basically it amounts to, like, uh, the big secret is that the, that she has a family history of mental illness. Is that really that damning of a thing? Especially in 2001. Yeah, a little further along. Back then, hopefully, yeah, yeah I, I kind of see what you mean. But like, the thing is that if again, if you believe Alfred, which I think he's probably the more reliable source, right? It wasn't necessarily because he was worried whether he would win or not. It was because he just wanted to protect her like, individually. Like he just didn't want her to face that scrutiny and stuff because right. he was his wife and he loved her. And he knew her after they through that. So mm-hmm. again, if you take it on that level, and I guess it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I, I, what do you think about the idea that his family was murdered on purpose? They definitely play with that in the Batman Begins. No, I, I kind of see it both ways. Like, it obviously adds a little more like weight, and, like um, important to Batman's like specific actions and whatnot. But also, I can kind of see it as like it almost works better for his story if it is just a random act. It's kind of it's kind of same for Spider Man. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you get like Spider Man three where they're like, "Oh gosh, it was Sandman all along." It's like I guess that is something, but it's almost more interesting if it's just like it's just random and senseless and. You know, he's preventable. Yeah, it's not easily preventable. Exactly. Like, there's not one guy you can blame it on. It's the system that he has to fix. Mm. So I don't know. I, I kind of would always show that. I am glad that they didn't show it again. <laughs> we didn't oh, have to god. see it. If they showed it again, it would have been awful. Because my god, I, we get it. We know how they yeah. died. We don't see another appearance of Batman going through the same intro. Like even in movies where Batman's at the center point, like Batman v Superman. That yeah, movie, we get that movie it. starts with his back with his origin story. Arguably, the one that you needed at least in. Yeah, they put it in. <laughs> yeah, I, so it's probably that's probably okay. That they put it in, frankly. <laughs> I guess we just did, we didn't get any Batman stuff. Period. Like we right, didn't see yeah. him training in the Far East or whatever. Right. Which I think it's fine. Didn't you train with fucking Ra's al Ghul or something? Yeah, especially well, especially because the movie turned out to be three hours with none of that. <laughs> if we try to shove any of that in, God only knows how long it was going to be. I was surprised um, how. Actually, how much like this this took from the long Halloween? I didn't think it, I knew that was like an inspiration, but I'm it was almost. I mean, not like it definitely wasn't a direct adaptation by any means, but a lot of the beats are carried over, which I find interesting. Mm. There's also kind of some hush stuff here, I think, like specifically with the Catwoman Batman relationship, because that's how hush ends. And she's like, ah, I gotta go. This is gonna kill yourself. I'm not interested. I'll have no part of it. Yeah, exactly. And there's also maybe a hush reference. Is it? I mean, it says hush. I guess it's not. But, like, in the comics, Hush is the Riddler. Right. Spoiler for the Hush story. So, I I thought that was cool. Like, even down to... It's only in the beginning and end, right? They don't... um, There's not that narration throughout, but it's bookended by those those moments of his narration. And that's, like, directly, like, comic blurred kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the the little thought bubble stuff. So, I thought that was cool. And, obviously, it starts on Halloween. So, that's why that book's called that. So, that that was cool. And And... it definitely worked as like a Batman, a year two kind of Batman, where it's kind of edging into the 
zany stuff. Because that's basically what a lot of those stories, those kind of retroactive, like year one and year two and the long Halloween, were like, in recent years, they've gone back and like, alright, let's fill in some stories in Batman's early years. And a lot of what that's doing is trying to establish, like, how did he go from beating up mo- literally just mobsters, right? Like, just the Falcone and Bone crime families here. How do we how do we bridge that with like Riddler and Poison Riddler Ivy, and Poison Ivy and Doctor Freeze and all the like just the Joker, just these bizarre like bastards of science and, and all these like maniacs, comic booky kind of stuff. How do we how do we get up to that level? Um, so it's kind of cool. Like a lot of this was just the crime, the like corruption and, and the, you know the mayor and the DA and everyone's corrupt. There's mob and people are being paid off, but then you have Riddler, right? Obviously. Uh, joke a little, or even Penguin, but he he also is kind of like fits very well in that role, right? Because mm-hmm. even as like a Batman rogue, he's mostly just like a, a two bit crime boss kind of guy. He's just a guy who looks like a kind of kind of. He just kind of like Penguin. He did good. We didn't mention him earlier. Tom Firth. Yeah, he did good. He he definitely is like unrecognizable. Oh yeah, I thought he was funny. I don't know. I, I definitely enjoy the way he played that. Mm-hmm. Like he's a chief. That was fun. Yeah, he's still the chief. Just the way he's like, he's not. He's really not that diabolical or anything in this one. He's just kind of like, hey, leave me alone. I'm Come trying on. to run my crime Forget family. about it. What are you doing, man? Nah, don't show me that. Like, I don't know. Like that uh, police captain who sounds like a Marlon Brando impersonator. Yeah, that guy was good, too. A couple of good characters. Oh, yeah. Did you just find any glaring holes? In you? I know you said that the rat with wings. Yeah, was a little... that was a bit dumb because... There's one point where they're like El Rado, El Rada was the Legato or whatever they say. Yeah. They just turned into a, a, the rat with wings, and he's like a stool pigeon. That's his first guess. Never heard of a stool pigeon, but okay. And then they run around. They go, "A oh, penguin's got wings." And they go interrogate penguin, and he's like, "That's not me," because you don't know how Spanish works. It's not. It'd be La Radix is an A, and they go, "Oh, Falconus. Falcon's a bird," and, and like, "Oh wait, a bat can has wings bat too." Is a rat with- but it's like, why? Why is like? I, I, when I was in there, I was like, oh, it's a bat. That's the first thing yeah, I guessed. Because a bat is a mammal, like a rat, and it has wings. So a rat with wings would be a bat. Because literally, guess what? He's got rats in cages and a bat in a cage. So, yeah. And it, I feel like it takes them too long to piece it all together. Yeah. But I guess maybe that's the point, right? It's a little vague so that they can use, they can, they can have a little mystery around it so they don't solve it on the first try. That they're kind of going, like, hey, is it a penguin? Is it him? Is it me? So I think I think in that sense it probably was well done because like it was intention meant to be sort of difficult to solve. Right, but that's probably my only big problem with it. Everything else I think was it was a pretty solid movie. Didn't have to yeah. three hours. I don't, yeah, I don't think it really need to be three hours long, but serviceable. I think. What did you think of the idea that like it it kind of they kind of played for a minute there with the idea that maybe Riddler knows who he is? I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I thought really he did, but yeah. I like how they like played it like he was crazy and he just kept saying his name. And then it's clear as they talked, he doesn't know that they're yeah. the same person. So I like that. Said, Dang it, we missed we missed him, right? Mm-hmm. We almost got him. He's the last one we didn't get, and I think and, he and definitely like, gets oh. few because he's just repeating Bruce Wayne his name over yeah, and over yeah. again, and like he's like the camera's there, people can yeah. Him. He's like well, and even in the in his like apartment there, it of- seems to be drawing connections between them, but it. It happenstance. Yeah. I guess uh, action. Action was solid, right? Yeah, I think so. I like the shark car chase was good. The fight scene in the dark corridor when they're just using the gun. That was neat. Was, was, was neat. That's for sure. Um, it, I mean, probably would have been more neat if one in the trailer. Because I was just like, ah, oh, okay. It's that thing from the trailer. Right, yeah. So if they didn't show it, it would have been better. Same with that initial fight as well. The very first one. It was like, I'm vengeance. Yeah. 
Again, I, I guess we should actually, like, let's talk about that. We alluded to it, but so Batman's arc in this, I think, is good. That he's like, maybe I can tone down being, like, a maniac, beating people because of vengeance. Like, revenge in that movie. Maybe that's not... Actually, how it's done. Maybe just helping people. Things. Yeah. And, like, because I always like that idea that despite Batman being spooky, he's not spooky to everyone, right? And his whole thing is he scares the criminals. Yeah. And he gives normal people hope because he they know that he's not going to hurt them. He's going to hurt the bad people. Yeah, at night, they know it's safer because he's running around. When the exactly. bad signal's on, all the criminals get afraid. I did like that. That was very good. Shot when it's like the bad signal's on and then all the people are looking down the corners because they see the signal and they freak out. Yeah, like, that was very cool. See there? Very, very good, like, visualization of the, f- like, uh, from, from their perspective. Yeah, what how, he's like, supposed to be like, what he represents, which is definitely, definitely cool. Because I don't know if they, I don't know if, if they've really conveyed it that well in, the, in other movies before. The only- that he really is, like, the knight personified. And mm-hmm. He really because the, they always say that, right? Because I was like, "Oh, I'm, blind. I'm the knight. I'm scary. I'm the knight." So that I, I wanted to teach the criminals to fear the knight. Um, but I don't know if they always represent that way. But this one, you're like, "Okay, they really are. They're yeah, afraid." The only time I can think of is in the Dark Knight when Joker's like, "I know why you're afraid to do your dealings in the nighttime. The bad, like you're afraid of them." Yeah, Dude, so it's cool. I, I definitely like, enjoyed that sequence. It was definitely good for like again. We didn't get an origin necessarily, but he definitely laid the groundwork. Let you know where where things are at and what he's about, right? Mm-hmm. So that's cool. If you're if you're somehow the person who didn't know who Batman was, you'd get a pretty good idea. Yeah, you're like, all right, he's, he's spooky at the night. And he scares the bad guys, and then he doesn't he doesn't beat up that <laughs> defenseless man, obviously. No, no. He doesn't, he doesn't beat up that kid who's got yeah. half the face paint. Cause he's like, well, you're clearly not part of this. Exactly. Well, what, what do you think about the mayor's kid? Right. I thought that was an interesting I, little. Thing. Yeah, I like that. How he saved him as Bruce Wayne. At, you saw him as Batman. He's the first one to accept Batman's hand. I think that's all. Yeah, was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's another thing. I, I did really like the end when Batman really. Yeah, he embraced that like the good side of things, and he just helped. That was really. Cool. He leads him out of the water. Yeah. For, yeah, everyone's scared of him at first, and they're like, "Wait, no, no, he's not going to hurt us." Cause he did. Yeah, the little kid. Because clearly, you know, Bruce Wayne would feel some some kinship. Maybe you wonder at one point, I was like, "Is he going to rob that kid?" Is he going to make that kid a weapon he, in his in his war against? I don't think anymore. I don't think he's. Not anymore, but he just might. He just might. Just might. Do you want to talk about the, the, the potential for uh, this to get folded into large universes and stuff? I hope not. I think it's going to happen. I think, I think uh, Flashpoint's going to do it. Damn it. I think he's, I think he's probably in Flashpoint and he's going to be like, I'm the Batman now. <laughs> See you, Ben Affleck. He's mul- he's mul- they're multiverse and menacing it. Because again, I, I feel like when this was first talked about, the idea was going to be that it was its own thing and it was maybe set in a different time period and all to, to really distinct it, right? Yeah. Because they, after, basically after Justice League kind of crashed and burned, they seem to have more or less abandoned Ben Affleck. Well, not Ben Affleck, but I was going to say that they don't seem to be as concerned with making one cohesive timeline. Timeline like Marvel is, right? They, they tried to, basically they tried to speed run doing it at MCU. And yeah, right. kind of well, failed. Of course, because of course it would. Well, yeah, because you can't just speed force run. it. Um, and so then they kind of seem to abandon it. And for a while they're like, yeah, we're not really worried about, we're doing the many worlds of DC. Like, you know, you know that's what they're supposed to do. They want to call it. That's how they like branded. It. Yeah, yeah. It's not the DC. It's, like, it's the many worlds of DC. So it was like the new, like the new Fifty Two kind of thing. Yeah. So it was like, okay, maybe Joker's going to be off in its own thing. Maybe you know the Batman's going to be off in its own world. But I think, I think with Flashpoint, they're just going to what you know the Flashpoint's going to happen instead of being yeah it's me I'm Batman now here and also Michael Keaton yeah maybe also Michael Keaton because Michael Keaton's supposed to be Batgirl. Batgirl? Oh, that's and Brendan Fraser's in that one as who I don't know. No. 
not, Robot Man again? He's not Robot Man. He's 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 a man. He's doing too he's much. Flesh Man. Got too much. Is he is Robot Man connected to anything else? I don't think Doom Robot Patrol Man is connected to. Or yeah, is Doom Patrol connected to Titans? I think those are both on. I think it's connected to Titans. I've heard that it's connected. I thought it wasn't, but I've heard that they show up in Titans because I remember I mentioned to my family once, and they were like, "Oh yeah, those guys who show up in Titans because no. they've watched it." See, because Titans is kind of like a sleeper project there, and also they're not very good. <laughs> You kind of forget about it, but that's film- got its own Batman. <laughs> They're filming season four of that. It's got its own Batman and like three fucking Robins. They just be, they, see they they do too much. You can't. They just force it. Like Titans, like apparently Titans did Red Hood in like an episode. One whole episode they did Red Hood. Yeah, in Jason Todd was dead. Next episode he's Red Hood. I'm like that's too quick. That's it's too far quick. too quick. You need to, you need to let it. Because I guess I don't know where they came from, but I've I've only watched a couple of the first season, but I know just Dick Grayson was in. So then somehow they got to. Jason. I think they must have got all the way to Tim Drake to find out. They must I have. Think, I think... Because there's Nightwing in there. Yeah, I think he's become Nightwing. And if Jason Todd's become Red Hood, you need... Tim Drake to Tim be Drake either Robin or Red Robin, depending on... Or you on can just do Damien if you want to. Damien or Stephanie Brown becomes spoilers. Some of them, they just skip Tim Drake. Like, Tim Drake's not in the, the animated universe, which is like, that That does happen to actually maintain continuity. He just, he just doesn't exist. I, guess, I mean, that's too many Robins. Also, though, maybe... Now that I think about it, maybe Jason Todd doesn't exist either. I think it's just Nightwing and then they Damien. Because then they're trying to be brothers. That's the yeah. whole like, arc they go through. Yeah, good on them. Good on, good on the Bat. There's too many of them, though. There's too many of them. Bat in... There's too many Black Panther people. The day. There's the one... Because they do... In the DC animated continuity, the one episode... The one movie is like Batman's Dead, maybe. They do that thing. Right, of course. He does a lot. The, that one. And then it's like, here's the whole Bat family. It's like, maybe Jason Todd is in that one. I, can't, I really can't. <laughs> it's all... And, bat bat and all Woman is definitely in it. I don't know if they have a Bat girl, though. See that's that's for this should no, I think one. they do because Hush, Batgirl's in Hush. Batgirl is in Hush. She's a big part of Hush, I think. Yeah, she, she, Batgirl's in Hush, and that and Hush is actually part of the con. All right, we're getting we're off the rails, <laughs> but basically, I think Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman for ever going forward here. Um, although I don't, it makes you wonder, like, are they going to attempt Justice League stuff against <laughs> next year? <laughs> think of all the people they're setting up in Black Adam. They got the whole fucking JSA. Maybe they'll just do that though. Like maybe they're not going to they're going to leave the JLA alone. Flash. Superman, but like the heavy hitters alone for a while. You just do so Doctor Fate. Whiffed, whiffed it so hard. Oh, they whiffed it. They, I don't know how you could whiff Batman, Superman so hard. You hired Zack Snyder as the thing again. Like that's the. It's crazy to think about because again, Superman and Batman were for the longest time the DC basically for the longest time had a Marvel rank and like it released the public kind of consciousness. We've talked about this before. The Avengers was not. No one knew who the Avengers were. Like mm. as <clears throat> general kind of. If you were dumb nerds like us back. Yeah, if you read comics, obviously, but. Just in general, but even among comic, like the Avengers were not a top tier selling comic book until like the past couple of decades when they kind of got a little bit of a reboot. Like the Justice League should be a slam dunk because everyone has always known who Batman is, and Superman, and Wonder Woman, right? And Aquaman, even the Flash and Aquaman. Like, yeah, the fact that they they kind of whiffed it. That's a shame. Absolutely whiff it. Don't hire Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, if you listen to this episode, you suck nah, at movies. Back. No, keep doing them. Shut up. No. I reckon keep doing them. No. I think it'd be good. Bam's your man? Awful movie. You see, they're supposed to... Maybe he's going to get a show. Maybe he's going to continue as a show. Wouldn't that be good? No, it'd be awful. Don't you want to see the Nightmare? He'd just do Watchmen again. Don't you want to see the Nightmare? No, I don't. That doesn't make any sense. Don't you want to see how... Why was Justice League three movies? Harley Quinn died. Justice League's like, my God. We've talked about this. We have. Because they would need to do another Justice League. To make them lose. To make them lose. And then you do Nightmare. (laughs) Huh? Huh? No. So you got everything you guys say out of the Batman? Yeah. All right, cool. I can take out of that. So what should we, should we do Elden Ring now? Yeah, let's start a show. Let's a little talk about Elden Ring. 
So, well, two weeks, last two weeks ago, or no, a week ago? The 25th of February. It's like a week and a day. Yeah, a week and a day. Uh, Elden Ring, the new From Software game, released two astounding reviews. Oh, yeah. uh, it is the Universal. High- Universal. It is the highest rated re- game of all time in a lot of platforms. It's got a 97, 98 on Metacritic, I believe, at, at the moment. And yeah, people are going gangbusters for this thing. Mo- many reviews. It's an open world game, which I will say preface because many reviews were not done. They were reviews in progress because they literally did not see everything in the game. They didn't just do everything that they can do to give like a full review. I'm looking at that right now to verify what I just said. I wanna, there was something about like record. I think it's just like very well selling, not just well reviewed, but well selling. It's definitely. I think it's their biggest game ever by far, right? Yeah. Which ain't them. What do you think it is? What I think it is, I think it's the uh, just the same amount of well, just the the, the build up of all the years of like the goodwill because like that's probably the it. Dark Souls series, Bloodborne, Sekiro, like Sekiro won Game of the Year when it came out, Bloodborne won Game of the Year when it came out. So like they've been building up. They got uh, a little, they got like um, an open world. They have like all these things and just like the hype just builds. And so everybody who's really hyped about it, who like knows about all the Souls stuff. And then everybody who's gonna check it out just to check it out because everybody's going gangbusters for it. This this is what I had saw. This is what I was gonna okay. Do. It is the biggest selling title other than Call of Duty or FIFA because those are yeah it's shoes. Yeah. So if you take out Call of Duty or FIFA, it's the best selling game since Red Dead. That's a pretty big benchmark. Yeah. It's been four years, so that's, and that kind of that's a good comparison as well because Red Dead Redemption Two is also like a open world mostly game. single player open world kind of. It's very cool. I mean, it's one of those things where it definitely shows, despite what uh, everyone what the big developers and publishers want us to believe that po- single-player games are still popular. Mm-hmm. Like, and there is the multiplayer elements to this, but ultimately, you, you can totally treat this as a single-player game. Most people do. Uh, yeah. There's a whole thing that you can just play completely offline and explore the world on your own. Frankly, if anything, I'm a li- I was a little disappointed by the multiplayer, because I feel like the lead-up to this, they emphasized it a little more than in previous games, the, the multiplayer kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it Seems to just be mostly on the same level as previous titles. Yeah, I th- I think that might have been because they might have emphasized so much because the last game from four three years ago at this point Sekiro was there was it was completely full stop single player like no art like you're just Sekiro the whole time you don't get to change him so I think they're like well it's more than the last one but the last one has nothing so it's it's a bit of like. You're going from zero, so anything's up from there kind of thing. So the interesting thing about this, which is a fun little thing for the show, is that I have played three From Software games to completion, Dark Souls 1, 3, and Sekiro, and I've played some of Bloodborne and some of Dark Souls 2, and Zach has never played any From Software Dark Souls-esque games. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit a little dichotomy here. I really like them. I think they're really could, cool and really fun. You could say it's like the duality of man that's, in a lot of ways. That's going to be, if we ever write a book, it's going to be called The Duality <laughs> of Man. <laughs> co-write a co-biography <laughs> that'd be good and each page is just us writing a different part of our lives so, <laughs> so, you just go either, so all the left pages are me and all the right pages are me oh, that's good but i think it, there's something to that. that's good but we don't like start a new sentence or a paragraph Absolutely it's like not. mid-sentence basically frankly you just you just have to read the book you gotta through. rip out all the pages and rearrange <laughs> them into two sections that wouldn't work though it's the back and front no i know People so, would try, though. You would just have to read the book entirely through one time, just reading the page. <laughs> it, basically, it's two books for the price of one. <laughs> we gotta get on this. Cut this out. Cut this out so oh, we can save it. We can no, we get copyright over our show, so people can't take our ideas. All right, good. Yeah, I think that's how that works. Excellent. Uh, maybe, I think Podbean owns it, though, because we use their platform. Oh, damn it. <laughs> we'll, we'll beg Podbean for our idea. <laughs> Please, Podbean, give it to us. Anyway, anyway who else would ever use it? That's, it's absurd. <laughs> that's the worst idea for a book. <laughs> 
That's like a car. That's like a came out as a horse by committee. It's it's a good idea on paper, but it doesn't come out right. <laughs> it's too worthless books for the price <laughs> and, of and the worst part about it is that it's not even like i lived in like a poor third world country and i'll make my own america we live pretty there's, similar lives there's, there's, and they intersect <laughs> at a lot of points that we would write about <laughs> it's like oh wow we were both boys <laughs> that's a good point there's like there's absolutely no contrast is there? no because uh, a lot of ways we make that joke i was not the duality of that <laughs> Just two pretty, very similar men who have known each other for for most of their like <laughs> developing years. Wow. A lot of like watershed moments are either experienced by or shared with already. Good on us, though. Right? Good on us, though. Okay. Um, but so, I wish yeah, I drank so, water. I think that gave me a headache. <laughs> Elden Ring. So, what do you so, think of Elden yeah, Ring, Zach? As, I, as my first game, so we t- we talked about this uh, a little bit. I think I was between between the co-op thing and then. I feel like I was a misled just a little bit by the marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, to be in its defense, I didn't engage with much of the marketing at all, mostly other than what you told me. Like the just like really the 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 descriptions, right? Like what's the simplistic kind of you boil yeah. it down to? It's like it's like the a from software game, open world, open world, more like fantastic fantasy kind of slant. Yeah. So just going off of that, I guess I pretty much formed my own because I didn't really watch any trailers or anything. Not really out of particular, like, I want to go blind, because, uh, again, I'm not, like, super invested in these to begin with. I just, like, yeah, I just, I was like, I'll get it, Jack's gonna get it, we can play together and stuff, it'll be fun. Like, I'm always looking for a game to play. So, I was a little surprised, I guess, and I said this to you, and you kind of agreed, it basically is a little bit more, it's definitely more from software with a little bit of fantasy than the inverse, right? Mm-hmm. I was expecting a little more traditional sort of fantasy, like, I guess more like a Skyrim almost or something. Yeah, like a bunch of different races. Yeah. Mythical creatures. Yeah. And a little bit more like... Optimism? Nice. Yeah. yeah. A little nicer, maybe. Whereas yeah. this definitely is, seems to go on the same kind of Dark Souls. It's grimdark fantasy. It's a little grimdark. Yeah. It's kind of a bunch of horrible monsters and the world's horrible. And broken. Everything's kind of And you're like a zombie and nobody yeah. likes you and you were, and you die all the time. I said this too. I, now, it's not really affecting my point because frankly, I, I've been playing it for many hour stretches as but at times, I feel like it does wear on you a little. Like, it's just in that it's not, it's really not super fun to exist in the world, right? Mm-hmm. The gameplay is definitely good, don't get me wrong. The gameplay is fun, and that definitely carries it. But it's just like, if it was a, if it, I feel like if it was a worse, less engaging game, gameplay-wise, I wouldn't be playing it really as much, because you'd be like, well, this is just kind of unpleasant. Yeah, you're finding bones and chunks of meat and big land exactly. octopuses. And I'm sure for some people, that's like right up their alley, but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily my particular game, but don't get me wrong, I'm definitely enjoying a lot. I, the gameplay's, I mean, it's good. It's not, it is what it is. It's, it's what you'd expect. It's, it's definitely kind of hard at times and it's not super forgiving. Yeah. But, like, it's also got that interesting thing of, like, it's so skill-based that, basically, technically speaking, right, you can always find a way. Find a way, and, like, you can, you know, there's that whole thing of, like, you can technically beat the game without leveling up or getting better gear or anything. There's that there's those crazy runs from the game. It's like, alright, I'm gonna be a level one wretch on the whole game without just my fists and take zero damage. No hit, wretched, no leveling up, speed, no looking, blind speed run. <laughs> but literally blind. But yeah, I, so I don't have any particular, other than like the kind of tone, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't have any particular complaints, but it, look, I'll leave it to my next point here. It's like, I personally don't necessarily get the full extent of the hype and that it is this perfect 10, which I can't articulate very well because like I said, I don't have any 
I don't have any specific complaints, but I don't know. I feel like it, for me at least, just in particular, it's missing the sort of the X factor, I guess, to be, to to fully, like, support, like, yeah, it's it's a 10 out of 10. Right. I, I definitely see what you mean. I I think, I hesitate to call anything 10 out of 10. I guess, yeah, that's kind know? of where I'm at. With, like, yeah, literally anything. I don't know if there's any movie, game, anything that I would say is, like, perfect in that way. Because that's, that's what it is, right? Singing's mm-hmm. Town is, like, it's flawless. I feel the same way about... I feel like the last game for this, obviously not just commercially wise. Well, I mean, Red Dead's a good example, but the one I think of as getting these like absolutely glowing, universal, like practically perfect reviews was uh, Breath of the Wild. Right. Yeah. And I remember at this, that time in particular, it was even less justifiable. I think than this one, because this one, I don't think I've seen much complaints at all about glitches and bugs yeah, yeah and exactly. Stuff. Like production wise or like mechanically, game was is was fine, but yeah. um... Breath of the Wild had a few, had some issues in the beginning, and then, but then these are, these are, the reviews would basically just be like, yeah, I know it's got problems, but I don't actually care, so it's perfect. It's like, I don't know if that's really fair. I definitely agree with that. I don't think a game can really be perfect, or anything really objectively can be perfect, because there's always some, something you could do better, or as time goes on, things are just going to get better. Then again, maybe that's kind of the idea, is like, this is as close to a 10 out of 10 as a thing can be. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why you would give it that score, right? Right, because nothing is going to reach it. So I definitely think a, I definitely agree. There are some parts in the game, even as someone who's played these Souls games, that I, you know, that I that I hate about these games. Like I like these games, and they're fun, and I enjoy playing them. And I'm always like, oh, I, I love watching people play them and talk about them. But they do piss you off. Yeah. Like every time I play a Souls game, and I would play that when I would uh, play Dark Souls on my Switch uh, when I was in like when I was college with my roommates. I would just be like, I fucking hate this game. This game sucks because you just die all the time and you like some bullshit thing happens and just, you know, you're not paying attention and you lose and no one likes losing. So I think from like, you just you just can't make it perfect because you know, there's always going to be stuff that bother you. But I think this game, even more than Dark Souls, is really raises quality is that if you're up against a wall, you can just go do something else for like another five hours and just like dick around and do and have fun and do whatever you want because there's always something else that you can be doing or exploring, or, like, leveling up, or looking into, because, like, really, to, like, once you beat, like, the first main boss, which I have, I don't think you've beaten no. Godric yet, I have, the world really fucking opens up, like, it opens even more, you get an entirely huge new area, like, the next uh, Legacy Dungeon opens up, and from there, you're good, but even before that, you don't want to beat Margaret, you can just go hang out in the peninsula for a little bit, or ride around your horse, and find a bunch of caverns, and, you know, talk to the NPCs, and stuff. And I've, I've totally capitalized on myself it's just yeah i've gotten stuck in the, a couple of the bosses at the time and they're like all right i'll just go do other shit and, like you can just run around and find some definitely some easier enemies and like you know you get your extra levels and you find oh you find a better sword like this yeah. is kind of handy and you and even before that even upside leveling up and getting a new sword you just practice it just practice yeah exactly so you just get better at the game and ease your enemies you go okay now i know what to look for i'm better at rolling i'm better at guard canceling i, I can inv- uh, do the poise system a lot easier. Yeah. I can really focus 100%. on that. Because, like, yeah, the, uh, you know, there's a, like, oh, yeah, like, like we said earlier, you know, technically, it's always, it's just about skill and that you can win no matter what. Like, I feel like other games, Assassin's Creed is the one I think of where that basically is, is designed in such a way that if you are, if you are out-leveled, there's just nothing you can do, practically, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that, there's a big complaint, it's like the newer generation. I will say, I think Assassin's Creed has kind of adopted a Dark Soul, a more Dark Souls-esque combat with, like, where the big emphasis on the roles and, and stuff. But they, the first couple of this new kind of style of Assassin's Creed games 
definitely got confused with people because it took away like assassination. Obviously, a big part of it. Right? That's what again, it got Creed. Away, but basically, they made it so that if a person, if an enemy was like more than like one or two levels above you, you couldn't do you it. Couldn't assassinate them. You would assassinate them, and then you'd only chip away about half their health or something, and then suddenly they're alerted. And, like it made stealth unviable unless you were high enough level to basically just kill them all anyway. I was like, well, the whole point of stealth is that you can kind of punch above your weight class if you if you're good about it, right? Mm-hmm. You can clear out a whole, a whole building of enemies that you couldn't. Could never take on combat. It, it rewards practice, exactly. Like paying attention to the game's mechanics, one hundred percent. But if they kind of introduce that, and I will say, like, it's, it's definitely it's not that because there's, there's definitely parts in those Assassin's Creed games where if, if the enemies are a couple up above, they're basically just one hit killing you, mm. and you would have to be so frame perfect and getting all your hits and everything. Where it would take you, you know, twenty minutes to to wear down one of them. Where it's just not feasible. Whereas this game is definitely not that. I mean, there's definitely a lot of areas where it's like leveling. It's expecting you to level up for sure. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that element of it, is that it's just, you can always win. Like you said, if you practice and you're good, like you can always win. Yeah. Just kind of cool. And there's a bunch of different kinds of combat. There's like, there's more stuff to do in this game than any other, like from software game from like Bloodborne. Had a little bit more because it had like guns and like visceral attacks, and like flame paper and Dark Souls has like magic and stuff. But this game has like magic, it's got jump attacks, it's got Ashes of War, it's got, or which is like a weapon art system, you can make your weapons do uh, like fucking anything if you can find it. The spirit summons oh, are, are, very are, are very helpful. Oh yeah. Cheesy, oh yeah. At points it feels like they're almost overpowered. They, they do feel a little bit broken, but like I feel like that's that's fine. Some people will be kind of like losers about it and be like, well, the game's not hard enough, why isn't it? I'm like, well then don't use it. Like that's, those, those, yeah. are, those are there for like people who aren't as well versed or don't want to go through all this trouble, just be like, well, I still want to enjoy the game, so I'm going to use the spirit. I'm going to still try to fight the boss, and if I win, I get to keep playing the game and having fun. Like, fuck you. Don't be a loser, man. Let the yeah, people have fun. fun. It's a game. Like, it's not no skin off your teeth. I've always I've always felt that as well. Yeah. Obviously, there's, there's like, a pride that comes from, like, beating a hard game. But, like, yeah, you can make it as hard as you want. Mm-hmm. That's you why could, you could use your hands. That's why you can run on using your hands if you really want, right? You know? Because it's pretty hard to be, frankly. There's, yeah. There's no difficulty system, so it's all it's all to you, which is kind of a more interesting way to do it, anyways. Yeah. Like, yeah, just well, I turned it up to mega legendary mode. Yeah. But and also, it, they're not they're not literal like cheat codes. <laughs> no, no, because they they some of them die pretty quickly. Oh, they definitely die. Like the bosses are strong enough. Like if you like just rely on the spirits and you don't fight until they die, they'll die fast and you'll there's lose. There's a couple cheesy moves I think you can get that really like if you can get the jellyfish. Jellyfish is real good. Is it? Because it poisons them, and, the, and even after say, it dies, the poison keeps taking effect. I was going to say, well, I think if you get any of those, if yeah. you can get one that does bleeding, if you can do a point, if you can get those effects rolling, then yeah, that can be very cheap, because they will just die if you can just keep out of reach them, you don't have to hit them. Yeah, I kind of did melt uh, Godric, I melted him with that. Like, he, I, it didn't take me as long. I probably leveled up a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I have, the, I have the rotten dog, whatever it's called. That I also, have that one, so I haven't used that That also yet. does bleeding. It's very yeah, it's a good time. So I wish it was a little more to exist. <laughs> yeah, kind of the world is people. broken and yeah. awful and horrible. <laughs> There's just so many. They're all just so grotesque. It's just it's just the level of which like they're everything's kind of gross. I guess yeah. everything everything's like a mummy. The giants are all yeah. Gross. Not even just that they're not even just that it's kind of spooky and sad, which I can. Get, but it's like it's gross as well. Everything's gross. Because mm-hmm. I, that, that, I I told I compared you to like Fallout. Right? I was you this. It's like Fallout is overall also a pretty grim world, right? It's an apocalypse, and it's 200 years on, and things have not gotten much better, right? It's you're you're traveling through 
ruined wastelands and you're fighting. There are a lot of gross enemies too, right? Like minions and ghouls and those horrible centaurs. Yeah. But it's just got a little bit more like optimism at times for sure. And it's got a definitely fall in particular can have quite the like humorous moments at times. Like it's a bit it's it, you know, the whole thing's kinda of satirical and like you can definitely lean into that a little more. So that it it's broken up, right? Because mm-hmm. you cannot you cannot run the spectrum of like there's very, very goofy stuff you can get up to in Fallout, and then there's like some pretty pretty full on, like grim kind of moments as well. Like even even above just kind of the general vibe of the world, there's certain areas in the Asian country that really are kind of grim. But there's kind of a spectrum, whereas this is just mostly also sad. And like even like, like the traitors and like the people who are helping you, it's like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a friendly fellow, but he's he's just grotesque. Yeah, he's he's grotesque. <laughs> or like the people you come across in the like hub, all the other yeah. like people, all the NPCs are on your side. Just like, yeah, uh, careful, because if you die, I'll just kill you, because people get possessed or, like, corrupted, and the, you're, the world is sick and easily corruptible, don't do it. And some characters uh, just want you to die, or just don't want you to fix the world, which I think is another interesting point that I want to bring up. Just, I think the last thing we'll bring up, because we don't want to get too long, because we sure. got yeah. euphoria and another thing to do. But uh, you mentioned this to me when we were talking about it, about how you're not sure, like, what really the game wants you to do, if they want you to become Elden Lord and reforce the Elden Ring, which is the point of the game. And I remember I said, like, that's kind of the point of the Dark Souls games, is that it's not really clear, it's not explicitly told to you that this is the right thing to do. It's, people want you to do this, but there are, like, almost an equal number of NPCs and, like, like clues in the world that tell you, would it be better if I just did the opposite just to see what happened? Because, like, at this point, anything is better than what we have now. I think that's an interesting concept to just kind of, again, let you come to your own conclusions through your gameplay. Yes. Well, like, the whole point of it is, like, it, it's been a corrupting influence on all these other, uh, basically, the bosses you're fighting, right? Beings of great power. So I was like, well, is that going to do that to me? Like, why do I... <laughs> it's like, yeah, you have to kill all these horrible, corrupted monsters to get the piece of the Elder Ring so that you can have it for yourself. And I'm like, wait a minute, you just told me it corrupted all these... <laughs> that turned that guy into a monster man with arms. <laughs> it turned them all into... It turned him into the loathsome dung eater. Yeah. I want to be a loathsome dung eater. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? I guess, well, that's... Learned on this a question for you because someone who has played other games. Do you think they it's a little too similar storyline wise? Like, does it get a little samey if if every if this and Dark Souls and Bloodborne all be the same kind of like the world's broken, you have to fix it? Well, B- Bloodborne is a little different. Is it Bloodborne? Is that you're participating in these hunts to kill these beast men? Oh, and then yeah, and then as you go on, you realize that the blood comes from Eldritch horrors. Eldritch horrors beyond imagining, of you course. know. And then it's just like you slowly descend. But I, I do see what you mean. I have thought that. It's like, well, this is the game again. And I can definitely... I don't mind because I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the be the hero. It's. I mean, it's a little bit like... I guess it's not broke. You don't necessarily have to fix yeah, it. But, but I, at I, the same I, time. I will never... I won't say anybody's like... You are not. You misunderstand if they're like, well, this just sounds like Dark Souls. It is, it is kind of like Dark Souls. But it like, does feel a little bit like, well, we, we're good at making these games. So let's just keep making these games. Pretty much. Let's not change much of anything. Which yeah. Is the safe bet, but it's a little less. Yeah, I guess. There's dragons. There are dragons there's you can dragons. kill. There's a couple of them. I got one of them. I got one of them too, the one in the lake. Yeah, yeah. I found a, a big, scary white one that killed me really quickly. I saw that. I think I've seen it. He's scary. Dragons are good. We love dragons. We're good. Big dragons. Love dragons. a dragon. Love a dragon, love a wizard. Anyway, let's hack a tech out of that. Indeed. In, into something probably more divisive, I guess, in quality. Euphoria episode oh, 8. Definitely more divisive. <laughs> Basically, everything. Everything ever is more divisive than Elder Ring at this point. <laughs> That's true. Actually, maybe the even the Bible, except for the Bible, but no, the Bible is probably the most divisive. Quite controversial, I would say. There's a lot of crusades about that one. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, episode eight of Euphoria, the season finale of season two. Uh, what's it called? All, all my life, my heart is long for something I cannot name. I think that's exactly it. So Euphoria season finale. I think a lot of the controversy, um, sort of d- divisive opinions on this one basically comes from. Basically, it's kind of something that people have complained about all along that we were not so bothered by because we were <laughs> hoping we we, were, we had faith that they were gonna solve everything up and they were gonna like pay off all these storylines. We, we were kind of on the like, ah, oh, just wait, just wait, have faith. Let's read and find out. I'm sure they, I'm sure they have a good plan and they are they are gonna pay all these things off. Yeah, maybe right now it doesn't seem like they're they're making enough progress, but they'll get there. I kind of not almost. Mm, yeah, not at all. It turns out those people maybe had some some well-founded uh fears fears in that yeah it doesn't uh it kind of fizzled out and a lot of the plot lines did not really get resolved or addressed as much as you might want it's basically i think that's basically i haven't read a much i didn't i actually did less reading on this than i have pretty much all season but i would imagine that that's what a lot of the complaints are going to come from and they i know people didn't like last episode we very much enjoyed it but for the same kind of reason of it wasn't actually moving a lot of the plots forward and again that's been a complaint all season long and then this one is kind of was more of the same, right? Because again, we were, we were like, well, I bet the finale, will, well, it doesn't seem like it, but I bet the finale paid off. It's kind of like they did a lot of it devoted to that play again, mm-hmm. which is definitely some important character beats for a handful of them. But in a lot of ways, there is a lot of, of actual like plot that seems to have gone a little bit by the wayside here. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with, especially with the added another Lexi play episode. And I'm going to start with her because that's. Yeah. Probably my biggest gripe with this episode is that they do the thing I didn't. I talked about last week. I didn't like how they just make her the hero. Like they justify her making this play, which we are the opinion that that's not what should happen. My thing is, I think they did it. I actually quite like how they handled that because it was it was divisive, right? It, I don't think it really was meant to take it one way or the other because clearly it has upset a lot of people in her life. Seeing this one very much notably her sister, right? Cassie was very upset by it and caused that whole the whole situation and so on. But then, like, you have Rue, who did take a lot from it and, like, did, liked it and directly told her, like, hey, I really appreciate this. It was very important to me for these reasons. So I think it was good in that it, I don't think it really heavily weighted it one way or the other. Because, um, yeah, ultimately, I do think it's a weird thing to do. It's kind of wrong. And while Cassie was kind of in the wrong in the way she went about it and everything, for sure, I do think some of her complaints were reasonable and founded. Right. Mm, yeah, definitely. The whole, like, you're just watching, you just get to air out all this trauma, you don't live, you just, you're a bystander. Like, See, that, I think, is where she went too far. But I think the basic idea, the basic, like, hey, why would you put me in your place so directly? Because then you can, yeah, you can portray me however you like, because you're the one writing it, get someone else to act it out. It's kind of, it's very one-sided, right? Yeah. I do think it's, yeah, she went too far when she's like, oh, you don't live or anything. Like, geez, that's excessive. Mm-hmm. It's your sister. I mean, like, that's that was some pretty heavy shit she was flying with that right mm-hmm. like that's your sister man. yes i don't know yeah, i was like you guys share the same room yeah i mean literally like, that's some pretty crazy stuff to be leveling at here and it's it also like didn't really work being like <laughs> you know lexi why would you make me seem like the bad guy in your play let me get up here and ruin your play <laughs> yeah didn't really think it through she i feel like in a lot of ways she kind of just uh supported her argument there yeah and uh, inadvertently like, you hey, know, you you say I'm selfish and self-absorbed and I'm not really necessarily aware of other people's problems. I'm going to prove you wrong by crashing your play <laughs> and saying how mean you were to me, actually. Right. Like, she really just kind of directly supported what she was saying. 
is, is crazy. <laughs> and like, oh, you think you're not well noticed? You don't think you're noticed? And I'm, well, you know what? I'm going to get up here and tell you that you are worthless. <laughs> and your play's shit and everything about it is awful and terrible. Yeah. So you, she was right. Yeah. You, you're you supporting what you it. did here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but then after that, though, I was, like, Cassie's one of the ones whose plot line just kind of fizzled out, right? We didn't get a lot of payoff with yeah. the rest of the shit that she was up to this season. Maddie just slams her head into a wall and slams yeah, the shit so out of her. Yeah, head into a wall once, basically, and that's kind of it. And then they're like, I don't know, on some kind of, like, uncertain terms. terms. But, like, she she got a ton of the screen time this season, Cassie. Most of it. I feel like I feel like she got most of it, more of it than anyone except Rue. And then that's just, it just fizzles out. I guess they are just, like, broken up and that's it. Like, she didn't, we, I think last week I was like, okay, is she going to, like, make amends and start building back bridges with everyone that she blew off for Nate, but no. At least on screen, we don't see her amend things with her sister or her mother. So, like, she just... Okay. And then Maddie, I think, actually had a relatively complete situation. Like, she got her... She kind of got what she wanted out of it. And, like, I think this season has taught her that she really doesn't want to be with Nate. Yeah. Which is obviously good. A very good thing. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, between all that, she's kind of perfectly content. We, we said this last season, or last week, so I think it's carried on. That there was no big change. That It seems like she is definitely now content to, like, move on and leave the, leave the town and everything kind of behind. Mm. I think that's where she's at. Yeah, I, I did like her line when, uh, in response to Cassie, when she's like, yeah, you broke up before I went on stage. And she's like, yeah, well, it's just the beginning. Because <laughs> yeah. she's going to have, they're just going to, she can see that it's going to, the cycle's going to restart with them. Mm-hmm. And it's going to pull someone else into his yeah, clutches. Let's do, do Nate, because we're just talking about Yeah, him. sure, let's do Nate. So, he, he leaves and has a gun, and then turns that over to the police. Yeah. And um, that's over. Yeah, no. I, like, I don't know if there's really enough setup for that. Like, why do you have a gun? Was the gun, like, I guess the gun's just a misdirect, because why else? What else? Yeah. But he didn't use it. I mean, he's insane. He's yeah. kind of a psycho. There's been so many scenes of this season of Nate driving around in his truck drinking beers. Yeah, just slamming Budweiser's. Fucking with guns. He's done that, like, four different times. He loves doing it. He loves a gun and a just like frantically loading a gun while chugging a beer and driving his <laughs> at a hundred miles an hour around yeah, the hill. It's ridiculous. So I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I guess well, here's, a, here's a question for you, Jake. What do we think about that? Like, do, do we think ultimately that Cal deserved this? I I don't think so. It's very tough because like yeah. ultimately what he did was criminal. Yeah, do Not it. great. And like I we've said this before, like his biggest thing I think period is that he. Records people. Records people without their consent. Like, that's all messed up. But it seems like that was, that's basically the biggest thing that he knowingly did wrong. Because um, it's like, Nate blames him for all this, for him being messed up, but is it really his fault? I don't think that it is. And then, like, again, I guess we, like, cheating on his wife thing, but, like, we kind of talked about it. Maybe she knew all along. I don't, I don't know. It's tough to say that, like, he deserves to go to jail ever. I don't know. Yeah, I, I assume what he did was that he just downloaded the jewels disc onto that flash yeah. drive and just was like, this yeah. is pedophilia. Or, like, my, yeah, he did statutory rape, basically. She did joke, kind of like, um, and then, yeah, maybe all just the example, just the recording without consent thing, too. Yeah, like, and especially because, here's the other thing, the, the reason that it's easy to sympathize with him, for sure, is maybe under different circumstances, you'd be like, alright, he's getting what he deserves, right? But because Nate literally says out loud, like, he's just doing it to hurt him, to get revenge, because he blames him for all that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, he's not doing it for any kind of altruistic, like, for the good of the world, you have yeah. to go down kind of thing. Exactly. So, that also makes it easier to sympathize with him, I think, right? Because if he was, it's just like, ah, oh, this is, it's just, it's gotta be for, 
everyone. Yeah, because he's just like, well, no, I'm just doing it to be a dick. You, it's much easier to be like, yeah, well, Nate is a dick, and we don't like him, so free my man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just awful. Yeah, but he, yeah, just a lot of fizzling out. Like, Nate, what did Nate really do? Kind of got this season, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. He gets hassled. He goes crazy. Then his nice. He's he gets hassled by Cassie. He goes crazy with Maddie and is nice to Jules. And that's his three big things. Yeah. Does he actually want to be with either of them? I guess not. I guess maybe that's where he's at by the end of this. Is like he's neither. He's not actively pursuing Cassie or Maddie. And he's maybe he realized that he does just want to be with Jules. And I guess maybe she's (laughs) she's on the market now. Um, Yeah. But. Yeah, maybe that's it. And then, like, his whole, yeah, taking on his dad so he can be his own man kind of situation. Mm. Which is not that great, because he's awful. So. He's an awful man. Is he just going to become, like, a magnate now? <laughs> he just has access to all the business? And he's just, I don't know. Um, Kat and Ethan had absolutely no play this episode. So that nope. was totally scary. We saw, like, oh, maybe they'll just make it. I mean, we didn't expect a lot, but we got literally nothing, so. They didn't even talk to each other? Who else? Um, besides Jules, because she did not. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, we. Uh, no, wait. Jules just sat in a crowd and did reaction shots. Yeah. Walked up to Rue, told her she loved her. Rue kissed her on the forehead and dipped. So, so well, it's basically all Jules. Rue. Yeah. Rue. Yeah. So like, so Rue. This episode, like you said, she she got a lot positively out of the play, which is cool. Like, interesting. I really like the way they phrased that. Right. That like her her seeing it play out on on stage like that was like she allowed herself to like. Except not be so hard on her. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, when you kind of look at it from the outside, you see, like, well, maybe I didn't do everything wrong. It's not her fault. Which is important. Because, like, to us, it's like, well, obviously, it's not your fault your dad died. Clearly, that was the thing she needed to see. So was, yeah. yeah. It couldn't be told to her. She had to come to that conclusion. Yeah. Her own. yeah. Which, is, which is, you know, if you need to be helped along, then that's, that's what friends are for. Right? Yeah. As long as you get there. Exactly. And then she kind of bridges things up with Elliot. Where do you think they left that? I kind of took it as, like, they probably shouldn't be friends. Yeah, I think they're just not going to be friends. I think that's what they kind of agreed yeah. right? They didn't really directly say one way or the other, but she was like, well, you kind of said it. And I think that's true, because I don't think it would be good for her one or the other to be around. As he's doing drugs all the yeah. time. that's basically what it comes down to. It. He's got that song. That song went on for so long. Wait. He, just, he just did the whole song. I, I kept being like, okay, sure, it's done now. Oh, no. And he was like, I'm still working on it. No, it's not like you finished the entire song. You wrote a whole song. You think he wrote that? I think you know, 100% wrote that song. He's like, 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 like Dominic Fight. Oh, song. He's like, Sam, song. He's oh, like, man. actually, I haven't, I don't have any shot lists for today because I'm Sam Levinson and I'm famous for that. So go crazy. We'll just record you singing a whole song out loud. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't even care. I got, I, I got HBO money, baby. And then yeah, we said like she would somehow resolve things with Jules, and she also did that, but not in a super great way. If you remember them as a pairing, I think. Yeah. Um, I guess so. Here's here. here, here, here. So. You do the thing. She says, I love you and I miss you. <laughs> Rue just kisses her on the head and walks out. She's pretty baller. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, it's, that's kind of an alpha move. You yeah. Gotta, you gotta admit. Based in alpha. Sigma, even. On the Sigma it's a bit Sigma, but he's, she's, she's really leaving her thinking. She's yeah. Second guessing herself. <laughs> but, um, and then she says, the voice voiceover, the narration. I feel like it's a, it's a, given a lot compared to previous ones. Yeah. She goes for a, a second. She, she gives a lot of info. So she says, that Jules is, was her first love, and she wants to keep it that way, and she hopes she can forgive her. And she says, I stayed clean for the rest of that year. So, which kind of makes sense, because I I think it makes sense that whenever they get around to season three, it would be, like, at the very least, the next school year. Yeah. I think Maddie will be gone. I think Cassie would be gone. Yeah, I guess that, that's something I want to address. But, so, it kind of makes sense that they they wouldn't need to do the same thing again, where this third season picks up directly after, so... But it just felt like a lot. I don't know. I feel like she doesn't usually give that much with the narration. I'm just like, and here's a bunch of events that are going to happen. 
as much. It's usually pretty like directly like in the now. Yeah. Just jump forward, and I guess so. Do you think that narration is like definitive proof that they will not end up together? I think it's. I think they won't end up together. I kind of think so, but I don't. You could, you could always, you know, swing the whole like rule is not a reliable narrator thing. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's kind of how it is tough. I'm like, unfortunately, the way she talks about it is like she doesn't even. It seems like maybe she doesn't like her as much as she thought because she literally was high for for so long that maybe she they're not actually that good of a couple. She doesn't yeah. really want to hang out with her as much. Right, yeah. Which really sucks. I mean, it's, it's, I do wish that she was able to, she would be able to apologize to her for all the things she said. Because, like we talked about in that episode, some of it's kind of true, but it's still mean. Like, said in, said in that way, it's not yeah. really helpful. It's not constructive. It's, it's really true. Like, I, I was definitely harsh. Like, I wish you the best. In that. I shouldn't have said all this. Don't excess. But they, they don't. I don't know. She can't even, yeah, she didn't even say, like, she's sorry. Which I think is kind of like. Maybe that'll still come, whether they end up together or anything or whatever or not. I think you could, that could definitely get the payoff mm. later season. Because she says, like, I basically she isn't capable of working up to it yet, which, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like she says, she's a lot of people she has to apologize to. So I, man, I can see how that would be, like, draining on you. I gotta work up. Um, and then, yeah, but then Jules, consequently, she's like a non character this whole so, season. Like she, turns out, she turned out to be almost less of a character this season than she was oh, yeah. this season. Because again, we had that thing of like she's cutting herself maybe again to do stress, but doesn't yeah, nothing pay off for that. Yeah, so. nothing goes anywhere with that. It fizzles out. And it's not like they're gonna. I doubt this is gonna come in season three. They're not gonna like. Oh, we didn't show up, but if, for the rest of the year, Jules was going into like bad habits right. again. Well, then obviously the big one, the one we're gonna, the kind of the elephant I guess we have to address because it's actually a lot of screen time stuff. So is the Fez, right? That's true. So basically, we'll be right? the police get him finally. They kill that mouse guy. That was. Cool. I mean, obviously, and then later on, he really escalates it, but Hestray's a fucking psycho, dude. Yeah, he's unwell. That was crazy, and I guess that's the point, right? That maybe, turns out, uh, raising a kid from like, a top a hard drug, drug dealer <laughs> isn't best for them. Especially when they're in stressful situations. So, yeah, he just kills him, like, which is bad, because he's also, it makes him seem kind of dumb. He was like, in season one, I feel like it almost made it out like he was the brains of the operation. But he, he, has, he has, like, almost no dialogue this season. He's just yeah. kind of, like, standing around all stony face, which I don't, I think is a, is a bit of a detriment to him. Because he doesn't have any moments where he's like, yeah, I know about crypto and things. Maybe it's because he's too old and they're like, if we, if we let him talk too much, everyone will realize he's 15 or whatever. Yeah, He's going through puberty. But, so, yeah, like, he really couldn't, he didn't get the vibe. I guess, I guess he didn't have the moment where uh, Faye, like, sneaky snuck in the message like he did to Fez, but still. He just murdered that guy. Yeah, straight up. And then he gets all those guns and just goes fucking hides in the bathtub. He really, he does a, like a Bush Cassidy, the Sundance kid, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Just goes out gun blazing. You never take him alive. That was crazy. And they didn't. What was his plan there? Did he really just want to, like, death by cop? Because there's no way he thought he would escape. Unless he did. I mean, he's a kid. Like, like Maybe he thought if he just shot his way out, if he just killed yeah, everybody there. Maybe he really thought he could. If he killed everybody there, it would take him a couple minutes to get to more people to come. So in yeah. that chaos, he could escape out into the... And he's just a kid. But, but then again, like, what is he trying to escape? What is he about? Because like Fez said, he would have had a lot more luck being like, if you just played it up, like, hey, it was... My brother made me. Like, that, that would have been an actual good argument that probably could have got away with if he played his cards right. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I can't... Like, Fez is right. Like, there's no... They're not getting out of that. Right, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not a, it's not John Wick. They're neither of them are capable of fighting their way out of that scenario. And even if you do, what do you have now? Right, yeah. fugitives like no. So 
the better scenario would have been one of them going to jail, one of them maybe not. But the one, the, the option B that Astray took here was just, well, my brother will go to jail forever, and I'll just be deceased. Yeah. It's crazy. Like he, I don't know. He's, again, he's just kind of a psycho. He's killed several men at this point. He just shoots that cop just for the heck of it, really. Doesn't yeah. he? That's kind of messed up. And then the guy slowly raises his gun and... Yeah, that was a bit dramatic. So I was like, surely someone would have popped him real quick oh, the yeah. second he got second he was in sight. They wouldn't like make him go... Whoa, yeah, that was, that was definitely a bit of a movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then Fez is like, fuck, my, I've been shot and my brother is dead and I'm sad. He's probably going to prison for it, right? Oh, yeah, surely he won't come up again? No, I hope <laughs> I not. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hope, not simply because I dislike him, but I would hope not from a continuity perspective. It would be, again, we, we, we've argued many times in the show back about, like, the, the merits of this show's realism. That would definitely be a bridge too far if they were just like, we, we got out on good behavior. He, he was a real good guy. No, he's, he's probably going to go to prison forever. I guess, and, and the other side of that is, like, Faye did just, like, fully switch sides. Yeah. Faze. I guess we got a lot of them chatting. Um, that, that's another side of that. Him and Lexi chatting. Yeah. It's some pretty base takes out there. That was cool when he's like, yeah, people, people share too much in there. I kind of agree, frankly. Yeah. They're, you don't even know your whole life. Yeah, you really don't. Like, yeah, I was. Not even just from like a, oh my gosh, you're, you're privacy, but just like a, no one cares kind of perspective, which maybe is mean. But it's like, I'm not even just saying like, oh my god. But like, I always think of when people talk about people dying and stuff. Oh my goodness. And you're just sharing like, oh my, my son's in the hospital right now. It's like, oh, maybe just keep that, that to the chest for now or whatever. Like, shit like that. But even just like, Hey, I'm going to Walmart today. New status. I'm at the grocery store. It's like, who cares? What are you yeah. doing this for? I think, I mean, not to get all soapboxy. I feel like social media has made it so that a lot, everyone wants to, I think this is kind of the point. I think they're probably playing this up for like engagement so they get users to get on their sites and everything, right? But I think it's, people want, everyone wants to believe that they're like a low grade influencer of some kind. Maybe you know, that's what we do here, frankly. So, well, we won't say we that publicly. Exactly. We would never do that. This would be removed properly. Um, but, yeah, oh, just their conversation. So, yeah, I think he's right about that. I don't think he's right about everything, though. Because, again, he also, he ultimately, like, is the one who convinced her to go ahead with her play anyway. Maybe not great idea for a play, so mm-hmm. he's, you know. He's also high a lot of the times. So That's true. He seems always to smoking a joint when he talks to her. very high, so pretty much always it seems you're right. So it's hard to say how that affects his decision making. <laughs> his day-to-day operations. I remember one thing people pointed out. Of the Ruth thing, I forgot to mention, is that like a picture of her walking out of the school is just like, you still owe $10,000 to a scary trafficker drug dealer lady. Like they bring up her name, like when yeah. she's like, oh, Lori, and she's saying like her name out loud, who like, oh, who lives over by like this, like Faye does. Like, do you think that was their trying to cover it up? Maybe. I think or, so. Like, do you think that's how they're like, are we meant to extrapolate from that the cops are going to get her? Yeah. And I that's think, just how that situation was. I think we are. Yeah, it's kind of weak sauce. I think he, I think he shot himself in the foot, making like an actual scary, scary like real world person. Yeah, almost traffic rue. I guess, that, I guess that does solve it pretty succinctly. Just yeah. being like cops just arrest her. It's kind of a shut up. But again, uh, they don't even they have not addressed it even a little since the episode. Of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. This I do. I definitely understand the complacency. I mean, I guess in like kind of summary. Yeah. I said this to you earlier. We talked about this with a couple different franchises and series. Not obviously as invested in this thing. One, just because it's just too much of a way that we enjoyed watching. But two, because it's not the type of universe you can get that invested in, right? It's yeah. There's no show. there's no magic system. Yeah. There's no magic. There's no, there's no expanded materials. There's no books or comics or tie-ins. It's just a show. Mm. So there's only so much you can really get invested in. and You just kind of, I don't know, 
I think we're more willing to just take it as it comes. Not we're not super caught up on all of, like the implications and everything. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we were just kind of like I'm just, I enjoyed it for the most part along the way, just as it came. But yeah, definitely looking back, I'm like, yeah, this definitely is kind of weak. And I said to you earlier, I wonder if part of it is is like production reality is because of uh, COVID pandemic and everything. I, I wonder if that's affected things because looking about it, back at it, there's definitely a lot of like it's a lot of these one or just two people at a time in the scenes. A lot of these like a lot of screen time and a lot of the episodes are dedicated to just like one guy driving in his car or something. Like it, there's just not a lot of bigger progressions of the plot. Yeah, just bigger yeah moments of like characters together and like there's a lot of one and two offs not a lot of big moments there's not like parties and stuff obviously um, not that that's like necessary specifically but i don't know it just feels like definitely is a little smaller in scope almost than last season and i wonder if that's kind of why some of this stuff feels the way it does is like they were kind of limited of what they could physically do do mm-hmm. the scene, like you know, scene wise and stuff uh, it kind of when you look at it holistically you kind of get that vibe but again there's a lot of like it's just two people in a room, or it's one person. A lot of the episodes kind of boiled onto that, so I, I wonder if that's that's part of it. It's like why they couldn't maybe actually do everything they wanted to do. Maybe part of it is what you described. Of apparently, he has this reputation of not having shot lists properly. They just kind of shoot a bunch, and then well, I don't know. I guess they find it in the edit. But doing that might mean that suddenly, once you're done with it all, and you have this whole season, it doesn't actually work cohesively. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Very possible. Yeah, ultimately, a lot of these don't really work. Work. Like, if you just look at the beginning of season end, and obviously there's always like, well, there'll be another season. It's not, it's not really good. No, it's like a, it's yeah. like a play with Loki. Yeah, it's great. It's getting season two, but you can't, if season, if it's reliant on there being more, you know, you tell a whole story, did you? You told me, like, a three-fourths half a story. Not great. Yeah, if you're going to, basically, like, I think what it comes down to is, if you are going to break your story, whatever it is, like, books, movies, TV show, whatever, if you're going to break it up into these, these smaller pieces, right, they have to work on some level on their own. Yeah. Because if you're going to expect people to, like, engage with your story in these parts, in these different, like, segments, those segments have to work on their own because that's how people are going to be seeing it. That's, that's just kind of the beginning of it, right? Right, yeah, of course. You could chop a book up, you could take a book and chop it up into three equally long seasons or something just for the heck of it, but it, that doesn't necessarily work, right? Not everything is fit for that. You can't just be like, well, at the, I bet when it's all done and, and before it's finished up in season f- after three or four, whatever it is, and then you watch them all together, it works. Like, that doesn't, it's not, uh, not great. No, I don't think so either. I think it's over-reliant on things that haven't happened yet. It's, okay. not, it's not harder either. Like, Netflix is doing this new thing now where they break the seasons into parts. They're, they're much less, like, spaced out, right? Mm-hmm. I've not seen this. Like, the new season of Ozark and the new season of Stranger Things are doing where they oh yeah okay I think no. they're a little extra long seasons and then they're also split so it's like season one and then like the first half of the season like only like a month later right? I think it's probably because they're trying to they realize that um this the system of actually week to week results in a lot more interest and engagement yeah when you look at shows like this or like the the Disney Plus shows is that like it's all people talk about for a month two two three months sometimes depending on how long the show is right whereas put out your show all at once, and then people watch it through the course of a week. They talk about it for a week. Mm, yeah, there's no. They knew they're trying to recap. It. I, I've seen that Stranger Things stuff. How like in May it's season four, and then in June it's season five. I think I think it's or part one, part ha- two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, so again, <laughs> that, that was all to say they're not doing that. So it's yeah, it doesn't really work. I don't know. And if it really is like because of 
yeah, the pandemic production release. It's definitely a shame. Kind of got to add it to the heap, right? Of, yeah. of things that had to make creative compromises due to real behind the scenes stuff, which would be unfortunate. Which is the way it is right now. Yeah. So, you got any more to say about anything? That's pretty much I didn't really listen to Oh, I guess well, what I did want to say is like, what do we think the potential next season? Well, it's definitely going to get it on the season. Yes. I think the next season's going to be. Cat and Cassie and Maddie are like a year ahead of the that's other what ones, I was, right? That's, so, that's kind of what I was getting at. It's like, I think it's going to be about more about Lexi, Rue, Jules, and like maybe Elliot will stick around more because he's another yeah. character. And Cassie, I don't think Cassie and Nate are going to go anywhere with their life. I think they're going to be like stuck together. Okay. I could definitely, yeah, I could definitely see Nate like sticking around doing that. But like, yeah, do we think Maddie is, is this how they wrote her off the show? It's like she's going to go to college. I think they could, but I also think they could just have Maddie. They could just give Maddie plots in a different place, like cut back they to could. or have her come or set up the season in such a way that it's holidays they're focusing on, sure, and that she's back. It's kind of the argument people say, like, why did they drop McKay? Mm-hmm. But it was like, well, he didn't have a reason to be engaging with these characters anymore. So we could have just given them his own. So I don't know if that's really what it yeah. That kind of defeats the purpose if they're like scattered to the winds. Yeah, that exactly. So and I thought the same thing of like, surely. Yeah, I don't. I think you're right though. Cap is also a senior. Good thing, right? I think so. Um, with the other, yeah, the rest of them. So it's like, are they are they written off now? Like, where are we going? I mean, I mean, they could even do like a bigger time because there's a lot of stuff going around. Like, it's probably won't come out until not next year, but the year following, like 2024. Oof. Because of well, the big the big thing I keep seeing reference is Zendaya is busy, basically. What yeah. it amounts to, and if that's the case, like maybe they'll do a bigger time jump because. Yeah, I don't know. It, it would be it, it was pretty crazy this time, frankly, that they went three years. They they tried to pick up immediately where they left off, right? They didn't address any kind of time within the show, and I don't think they could get away with that again. No, necessarily. not at all. You could, again, they barely got away with it this time. If they did another two years of distance in, in actual production, and then they tried to convince us it was all within the same, like you know, it's, it's only the next school year, right? It's only like. You know, one year from when the show initially started. I wonder if that's a bridge too far, and maybe they'll do a bigger time jump for a potential season three where they are all college or something. That would be interesting. Because I don't know where. Yeah, I don't care where to go. Like, I don't think it goes past season three though. I think I, past season three might be pushing it. I'm feeling that as well. I totally agree. It's like, what do you do? Like, ultimately, these people, these these teens, that's about right. Teenagers, they're young. They need to resolve these like young person kind of issues because that's uh, ultimately a lot of what. The show's about. Yeah, it's like these problems that they have are somewhat relegated to, like, youth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as you mature and grow, you can kind of get over some... I mean, some... Like, obviously, addiction is not necessarily just that. But, like, in the same way, though, it's not it's not an age thing, but it is a thing that, like, we would want her to get over, right? And, like, obviously, they, they talk about this a lot of it. Oh, well, it's never really done. Go years and years and study labs and all that. And that that's true, but, like, ultimately, how do you... How do you string that out over a show? Yeah. As a story, I don't know if that works as well. You kind of have to be like, well, we believe that she's she's good and she'll she'll like stay strong. And that's kind of how you have to end it. Like, on a hopeful note of like, you know, well, you never know, but that's kind of where it is. Like, you can't just do season after season like, yeah, I'm still sober. <laughs> I'm still sober. I'm still sober. So then what, what yeah. do you do, right? What's the story? You kind of resolve. And I think that goes a lot of them. Like, you resolve these people's issues. And again, I know that's not how real life works. That you don't just fix it once and you're done forever. But that's kind of how stories yeah you gotta i agree you only can be so grounded for it to be and still remain interesting yeah it's a real balancing act so we're gonna i can take out of that into our final topic? i think so we're gonna uh so i take out of that into a brandon sanderson announcement now he released a video and we won't 
say it immediately like we usually do. So if you haven't seen his brand, his video that he released this week, I mean, if you're if you're in, if, if you're interested, if you're interested in that video, go watch it. Fantasy writing. Yeah. If you're not, we're gonna tell you what the video is about right now. So he wrote five books in secret. Five books in secret, and he and he did this this tricky little um, marketing uh, twist here, right? Um, which I think was very well done. Um, I think he, they just, because basically, really what comes down to is one video, right? Yeah. That was all it took, and he's big enough that it, Spread that like was wildfire. enough to create, like, this, this interest and this intrigue, and it was basically one video, um, and it wasn't even, like, a direct, like, oh, guys, I got it big enough. It was just his normal weekly update video, and then just at the end, he was like, yeah, uh, there's something important, I gotta, I gotta, I, unfortunately, I have to reveal it to you guys, and <clears throat> he put it up so well. Dude, it, right? I really was worried. I was, like, I was too, and. It was all ominous. We were texting about it. You look at the comments on that video, people are like, oh, he doesn't look well. Like, <laughs> a little, in retrospect, looking back, now that we know that it wasn't actually anything from him, like, oh, these guys are kind of mean. Like, <laughs> you look old and terrible. Actually, yeah, basically, there was like, oh, he's looking old and, and disheveled and, and out of sorts right now. He doesn't look well. I hope he's all right. <laughs> but it, it turns out he was. Like, You're just being a shithead. He really was just doing it up for the camera. Yeah. Um, but I, like I said, I think that was perfectly done. And again, it, it, you know, it's kind of a perfect storm of things going on here. You have to have a significant enough following as he does to make this work mm-hmm. realistically, right? Yeah. Who care and are engaged so that that video is enough to make people go like, ooh. But then I also think he was, the, it wasn't too much because I think if you really ham it up, that's that's almost cruel, mm-hmm. I feel. If you if he really was like, guys, some really bad's happening, like he really got people worried and like invested with him. Because again, even on that video, people were like, oh, it's okay, bro. Like, whatever you gotta do, it's, you know, praying for you and all that, like, you know. Thoughts and thoughts and prayers for you, my boy. Right. Yeah. If you really ham it up for too long, of like something bad happened to me, and people really get invested, in, and then you're just like, ah, it was just marketing. I just wrote guerrilla marketing campaign. I got you. I yeah. Our, our parasocial relationship has doomed you again. <laughs> I've basically tricked you, haven't I? <laughs> You've been gaslit, even. Yeah, pretty much. I think if you take it a little too far. So I think it was it, ultimately it was less than a day of, of yeah. time, and I think that's the perfect level. Clearly, again, if you have his kind of following and you're capable of doing that. That was all it took. And it clearly contributed, uh, at least in uh, some small part, to the success he had, which is, to top, this Kickstarter, which is basically to, it's basically like a subscription kind of service here to get all of these books of his um, over the course of, of next year spread out. Get kind of like a book club that ships to you. Yeah. Has become the, the most successful Kickstarter of all time. At, at about... Two twenty three point seven eight or so million dollars. Crazy, and that's also as well. That is like with the books themselves, like sight unseen. Like he, they've not revealed hardly. Well, the as of now, one. they've revealed like uh, some chapters of the but first one. At the time, like when it first launched, there was nothing. You didn't know what the books, and I still don't know if they have titles. They don't. They don't have official cover art. There's, I think there's, the co- there's some kind of cover. Well, art. Th- that yeah. yeah, but that's not official. I think that's okay. like mockups. Yeah, yeah, it, it probably. But like yeah, um, just sight unseen. People were back just because he's Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, he's, he's Brando Sanderson. Capital, which is I don't know, it's definitely interesting. I like I said to you earlier. I think it's just cool in the perspective that in 2022, the largest Kickstarter ever is books. Books reading, reading which is nice. Boomers say we don't read enough, and yeah, they people, do. people love reading. But who's gonna who's who's doing Kickstarters? Not boomers. Not it's boomers. The, it's the hip kid. They don't even know what a Kickstarter is. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd bloody say that how you start your truck and bloody yeah, turn right. your car to start it. <laughs> exactly. So, it's pretty cool. I think we're going to... We're going to do a, probably a year... 2023, my, he's calling it the year of Sanderson. We might follow suit. Yeah, we we would have we could talk about it. 
and not only that, not only are those four books coming out, also Stormlight Five yeah. comes out, and in the minute I'm got to read all four Stormlights to get ready. So we're gonna have we have a lot of reading to do. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably go full boring goodies. It'll now. just be a, a corporate shill that you are. Exactly, I really shill it up. I must say, we talked about something. Bothered by you got to pay for shipping separately. Yeah, it's made twenty. It's almost made thirty million dollars. Take away shipping. Pay for my shipping. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it, I, it. It's very upsetting to me that you have to give them if you want the if you want the box and everything and you get the, the subscription service like that. You just have to swag. And it's five hundred dollars up front, and then every month he'll ping you. I guess you'll will be like, hey, by the way, you got to. Text me. Got to pay us to send it to you. It's like surely you, you couldn't have. I mean, frankly, just convenience-wise, if they had bumped it up to whatever it needed to be, five fifty so you know. something, whatever more, to just have the convenience of like you just know that it's will be shipped to you. You know, it's so it's so weird. I don't know. Just like logistically, how are they going to pull that off? Like every week you have, or every month you have to remember to pay for your shipping. That maybe they'll, maybe they'll just charge you. They'll I sh- guess the prob- yeah, they'll be they'll like plus shipping, and that's charge. just like it's like a contract. Be like, well, if you agree to this, you agree to yeah. all this price and whatever shipping is. That would make sense, but that's annoying. I, don't, I agree. I don't. That's in the that's not. Always, you know, it always like it's me paranoid because I'm like when you when you're pre-ordering something that far in advance, yeah, the expectation is like, oh, we'll just charge your card when we're ready. I feel like that always that can lead to always bites you in the ass. Yeah, the wrong time. Some some of get, but ultimately you know, we're excited for it. It's cool. It's very neat. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So again, I, I we, we talked about it. Um, Daniel Green's at YouTube. He had a cool video where he was like, "I feel like more people should be doing this." And I totally agree with what he was saying. It's just like, essentially, Monta to yes, not everyone is going to be as successful of an author as Brandon Sanderson, right? And not everyone can pivot that into being as successful social media wise because he's he's done both, right? That's kind of been the recipe to his success with something like this, right? Because he's been on he has a YouTube channel. He's like he's always interacting with and people, and they put effort into it. Yeah. Try and it's like basically his his thing was mounted to like well yeah not everyone can do that but you can kind of learn it's kind of something you should have to do, mm-hmm. basically if you want to be successful as an author to maybe this is part of the recipe and it's kind of maybe if you're not into that that kind of sucks and like if you don't know social media and you don't want to do all that and maybe you're not as like comfortable in front of a camera and all that but ultimately like if you want to have this level of success that's probably part of his puzzle yeah, you kind of just got to suck it up Buttercup and get yeah. moving. Okay. Or you can just kind of do your own thing and not, but then, like, clearly the you reason... you got to put effort in, I think, is the main thing. Exactly. Whatever you're doing, you have to try and, like, even if it doesn't work, as long as you try and just keep trying. If you're content to just sell your books when they come out and you don't want to do that's also, obviously, totally a viable option, but... You can't, you can't have both. You can't be. You can't exactly. complain about him doing this and then not try to do it unless... Unless you try and doesn't work, whatever. Like, there's definitely, like, a... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the exact is, because there's sort of a chicken-egg thing going on. It's like, how how much of this is... He was a successful author who then was able to pivot that into this successful YouTube channel, which then grew his author. It's kind of this loop. Versus, like, well, did he get as big as he is because he was able to just make a good social media following and engage with his community? Because it's, you know, it's hard to really pinpoint which one it is. Because obviously it's easy to be like, well, he already is, like, one of the most successful authors working currently, probably, right? Definitely. Um, I'd say so. He's very well, and again, he, at least within that community, he is well known for for engaging with his fans and all that and, and all these things. It's like and writing books like crazy. Obviously, not anyone can just open the Kickstarter and expect it to work like that. Like, mm-hmm. There is kind of like a bit of like, well, he's already popped. It's, it's a bit of like rich and richer kind of thing, right? Like obviously, he's already successful, so he's going to find success with this regardless. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it's something that can be done. I think so. Yeah, and it would be cool if more people got into that. I don't know. At the same time, I do. I do uh, the movement of YouTube to where like. 
a lot of big YouTubers now are already famous people. It's like actors and yeah, athletes and, and talk musicians. shows. Yeah, and the t- yeah, like one of the biggest YouTube channels is just Jimmy Fallon. It's like it was, it was a little cooler when it was people who got famous for YouTube, not the other way around. Person, what are you gonna do? What it is. It's the society we live in. It really does say a lot about our society. It does. So I think we'll probably wrap it up right here. I can take out of that. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Nice little packed episode for you guys. Yeah. As always, you can uh, tweet us on our at our Twitter at Architect Jazz. That's Architect J A Z, and email us at Architect Jazz at gmail dot com. You can find us on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon slash Audible, and Amazon TuneIn. I think uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, really. And our local. Where have you, where have you got this from? Wait, where have you got? Where have you got this from? Probably still going to be there next time. Mm-hmm. Every time. Tell your friends. Please tell your friends. We got it. We're, we're like at 600 downloads. We're just trying to really chug along. Become influences of our own. So our so the words that Zach said in the middle of this episode become hypocritical. But by the time that happens, there'll be a race. When we put out our bizarre book, The Duality of Man, the Kickstarter. So, I mean, the only way that's going to be successful is if we crowdfund it. No publisher will touch that with a 10 No. So we're going we're gonna to rely on No sane man would even try to read well, it. Well, of course not. It's not who we're marketing towards, is it? No, it's not either. our target audience. So we're gonna we're gonna rely entirely on your guys' support for that one. So keep, keep up the uh, so don't lose your jobs. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna need that money. Make more money. So anyway, back to the exiting. Our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram and on Redbubble to see all his art. Our intro was done by a friend of the show, artist Celery Salt. Album June. You know the drill. No information until then, I guess. <laughs> I'll tell you. When you need to I mean, so. when June comes. It's not June yet, fellas. You'll know when you need to know and no sooner. No sooner. I'll decide. I'll, I edit. I'll decide. And as always, we wrote it. We produced it. We built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night and Godspeed.